Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. Hello everybody, it's Wednesday, November 27th, 2013, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. What up? Mr. Bob Ryer. Yo, yo. And because Stephanie Cook is away on assignment, uh, we have riding in on her white horse to save us, Mara Wood. Mara, thank you so much for joining us on Talking Comics. How are you? I'm great. It's a very short answer, Mara. <laughs> no, my Thanksgiving break started about two hours ago, so oh, nice. I have done nothing. <laughs> nice. It's uh, yeah, that's true. It's um, Wednesday, so it's Thanksgiving Eve. But you guys might be listening to Thanksgiving or possibly on uh, Black Friday while you're waiting on lines to uh, scoop mm. up some good deals. And if you're in another country, then it's just uh, Wednesday for you guys. <laughs> um, Thanksgiving here in the states. And on that theme, we're going to be talking about. This week, what we're thankful for in comics. So a little, a, a positive, very positive show. At least that part of the show will be positive. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Wait yeah. till I start. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, Thanksgiving uh, for me is this year is the same as it as it usually is, uh, which is awesome. Except uh, extra awesome. My my brother who lives in Chicago and my grandfather who lives in Cape Cod will be uh, here wow, visiting sweet. us. For Thanksgiving, so that's nice. Uh, looking forward to turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and all the wonderful things that come along with Thanksgiving. Your bake off says you and the bake off, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> head to head with the sis. Yeah, me and my sister are having our yearly bake off. You're baking with Lindsay. Well, I'm baking against Lindsay. Oh, geez. so we're just making a pie. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't know what she's making yet. I'm gonna make a raspberry cream pie. Mm. Um, so we will we'll see Careful how she doesn't like fart into it or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Well, she can fart in her own pie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the whole family yours. has to eat it. Um, uh, yeah. So that's what we're doing Thanksgiving. It was funny. My my uh, my mom had maybe talked about uh, the catering the Thanksgiving this year, so you don't have to cook a, as much and go crazy. And my brother, who is coming from Chicago and is um, a little bit of a of a, a dramatic. Um, he said, if I wanted catered food for Thanksgiving, I would go to Denny's. That's what oh. he said. <laughs> so needless to say, my mother is cooking Thanksgiving dinner. I, I agree with the sentiment, but not the way he said it. Yeah, Maybe not to your own mom. That's kind of... Why would I go to Denny's? I don't know. He was just being dramatic. Like I said, he is a dramatic person. Um, but uh, we still get the turkey and uh, the the. Uh, the stuffing is the thing I'm most looking forward to because the stuffing is awesome. What kind of stuffing? Um, uh, it's homemade, um, and it, it's she changes it up a little bit every year. Um, I know the base is the the Petri- Pepperidge Farm uh, bread. Bread, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. And then there's Great a lot stuff. of other stuff. Um, Sausages. Uh, you know what? She doesn't usually do any meat in it. Okay, um, oyster. 
mushrooms. Um, <laughs> I'm a stuffing. <laughs> it's gonna sound like a Christmas story any second now. Filet yeah, mignon, Bobby. Yeah. Um, uh, oyster sometimes. Okay. Um, you know, uh, there usually isn't any uh, meat in the stuffing though. Usually it's all f- um, from the bird. All the flavoring of that stuff comes gotcha. from, from the bird. So I'm looking forward to it though, being stuffed and watching football with my my dad mm. and and just hanging out. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be a good times. Uh, Mara, what's your Thanksgiving plans? I am going to go visit my dad nice. in Northwest Arkansas and really just chill out. I have some step siblings that I'm bringing a bunch of anime and manga with me. With me. <laughs> Uh, totally appropriate for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. They're in middle school, so it's about the right time for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and gonna play a lot of Risk. Oh, nice. What's a uh, what's a, an Arkansas Thanksgiving uh, consist of, Mara? Uh, it's usually kind of cold, <laughs> but not that cold. Um, I don't like football, but apparently everyone else in the world does, especially <laughs> in the South. So you have to watch football. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, my family, there's usually a lot of alcohol involved too. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Are we are we talking? Is it same thing? Turkey, mashed potato stuffing, or is there oh, a little southern flavor yeah, to the food? Well, I'm a vegetarian, so oh. usually um, Thanksgiving meal, there's some different dish thrown in. Mm-hmm. And I think this year, my stepmom says she's going to bake something with quinoa. Oh. And there was one year where I visited my mom's, and a lot of the dishes were Indian themed. Hmm. So I had um, a lot of like curry stuff. Just because no one else had to cook for a vegetarian, so they just go all out. It's awesome. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Bob, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? I get to be a sous chef on Thanksgiving. <laughs> in, in my kitchen, I'm kind of a chef, mm-hmm. but I know my role in <laughs> someone else's who's very, very good. So it's my friend Michelle, who is just awesome and has an amazing kitchen, Viking stuff. And she has a coffee maker built into the wall when they redid their kitchen. So oh, it actually nice. grinds the beans. It will make coffee lattes, nice. cappuccinos. She takes all this very seriously. <laughs> so so after I watched King Kong at home, which is just tradition for those here in New York, because that's what Channel 9 showed every year on Thanksgiving, run out there, break out the mimosas, start peeling five pounds of potatoes and chopping carrots and making carrots and brown sugar and garlic and all that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. And by the time it gets to dinner, I'm not even hungry anymore. <laughs> I've been picking and drinking, and it's like, yeah, you guys eat, and I'll just sit over here and watch football. Yeah, my mom always puts out this giant like hors d'oeuvre platter, and it's, oh gosh, and we're it's Italian, so it puts out all you know, it's the like, fishes. Well, it's not even fishes. It's 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 you know, it's pepperoni and all okay. these and like cheeses, eight and... different kind of cheeses, and you know, like saprasetta and, and all and all these things, <laughs> bruschetta, all this stuff. So you really have to pace yourself because you end up being full before you yeah. you eat. What's your favorite uh, Thanksgiving a dish? I'm a big fan of the stuffing too. Yeah. I gotta say, I can make a sandwich with just stuffing, mm-hmm. mayo, and some bread. Mm-hmm. A turkey's nice, <laughs> but it, it, the turkey is kind of a stuffing delivery device. Yeah. I could do without entirely. I'm a sausage stuffing guy, but some celery, Mm -hmm. sage, rosemary, that kind Mm -hmm. of jazz thrown into it. Mm -hmm. God, I have the stuff. Yeah, my plate on Thanksgiving is generally like the the, the smallest amount of thing that's on my plate is turkey. Absolutely. And everything else kind of do. White meat or dark meat? Dark meat. I'm a dark meat person. It's juicier. It's juicier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Steve, what about you? What's your Thanksgiving consist of? (laughs) Start with the end with the negative guy. (laughs) Um, Don't say Denny's. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, no. I uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you my plans first. I'll you know what? I'm gonna sandwich this. Okay. I'm gonna sandwich this. Um, I'm going to my sister's place for Thanksgiving for the first time. Uh, she is having everyone over to her place. They just got the downstairs part of the house remodeled, so you know, new kitchen, new everything, mm-hmm. pretty much. And rather than keeping it to a limited group, we're actually inviting like the whole family, like whoever will show up uh, this year. So it's going to be aunts, uncles, cousins, uh, and of course my two little nieces who are adorable. Um, that is the aspect of Thanksgiving that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And now hearing a couple of the things, I might bring a board game or two since uh, Mara plan. mentioned Risk. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually own a game that my cousins and I used to play as children. So maybe if I bring it, I can kind of coerce them into mm-hmm. to playing it with me. So that might be fun. Uh, and I always watch uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Nice. Oh, great uh, pick. Yeah, one of my favorite movies, especially one of my, my favorite Thanksgiving movies. Uh, the negative. I hate Thanksgiving. I hate it with a Aww. burning passion. Um, I The reason that I don't like it is because I cannot participate in it. Uh, I can't eat any of the food. Okay. I have an extraordinarily sensitive stomach, and nothing uh, nothing has ever agreed with me in the past 10, 17 years uh, at Thanksgiving. So my plate consists of uh, dinner rolls and maybe a few vegetables, and that's about it. Mm. Everything else shreds me. And Even I the just, turkey? Yeah, dude. Oh, I, wow. I, don't, I don't like turkey uh, anyway. Okay. I am a ham man. Okay. And nobody in my family ever <laughs> makes ham. If you make a nice like like honey ham with a little bit of pineapple and cherry, I will eat that un- until next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody ever makes it because yeah. you know nobody wants to make me happy on Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, but you should, you should make it and bring it and start a tradition. I should. Well, yeah. I am. I am bringing all the beer. Nice. I am bringing the alcohol. The important and, stuff. Yes, yeah. and I'm also bringing a pumpkin pie. Oh, nice. uh, which that I will eat. I love pumpkin. All right, pie. so I lied. Dessert. I look forward to dessert. Um, But to end on a positive note, uh, the following day, I will be uh, trekking out to the JFK airport and picking up my girlfriend, who is coming out from Canada to visit me for about four nights. And we have a couple little plans, a couple like lunch plans and stuff, maybe go out with some friends for drinks and such on Saturday night. But beyond that, we're just going to lay low and be thankful for each other's company. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, the the board game thing is a good idea, though. What usually happens is at the end of the night, um, everybody has had too much alcohol and I get accused of cheating because I'm winning at the board (laughs) game that we're playing. Uh, so that's how usually it ends. I had cheating. We did, uh, my friend Michelle, big family on her side and her husband's side. He has a brother, four sisters. They all have husbands and their own kids. I decided to do a quiz. <laughs> so I actually cobbled together the easier questions into five rounds mm-hmm. the way we all used to do. Music round, the whole jazz. They had these huge tables, like picnic tables in the living room. And somebody started cheating. Her daughter actually pulled out her cell phone and was cheating under the table <laughs> at a quiz where there was no prizes because she just wanted to beat her brother. It's like, oh, great. Well, you don't get a slice of my cheesecake for that. That's it. Oh. You're, you're just the worst punishment you can possibly have. That well, is, thank you so much. That is a big punishment. That's yeah, a big, big punishment. Damn. So I, I think this year we're going to go Cards Against Humanity. Nice. Because it's certainly oh, yeah. something to be thankful for. It's a good one, too. Mm-hmm. That's an easy game to play with everybody. Because there's no really, there's no rules really, so it, it works out. There's laughter. There's yeah, hilarity. There's laughter, it's a great yeah. game to play with your grandmother. Yeah, it absolutely. Yeah. Is. Well, she'll be there at this one. <laughs> Not my grandmother, but theirs. Yeah. But. Um, oh my god! 
Exactly. That's um, why we're playing. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the food and, and hanging out with, with the fam. Um, not going out on Black Friday. Not going to happen. No. Not going to any stores. I did that last year, just as like a, like a larf. Like mm-hmm. I was across the street from Best Buy, and I decided to just jump in just mm-hmm. to see. And it was pretty bad. Yeah. So no, thank you. But if anybody's out there listening, good luck with uh, your Black Friday Black Friday plans. When's Cyber Cyber Monday? Cyber Monday. I guess it is? Yeah. That's the thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Though I don't know when any of this stuff starts anymore because I think Black Friday has already started. Uh Amazon's yeah. been going all week. <laughs> yeah. 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 Amazon. That gold Get box the Amazon is getting. Prime. Yeah. Yeah. The gold box gets bigger every year. Amazon Prime is the is the shit. Um I uh in a not didn't buy them on Black Friday obviously, but I've been playing uh the two big Nintendo releases that came out last week. Oh, you got Super Mario World? I got oh, Super Mario you... 3D World. Oh. And uh, Zelda? And uh Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds for the oh. 3DS. Um both are fantastic. <laughs> I beat Knack. Does nice. that count? <laughs> and uh, I've been I playing that a little. Do you like it? I uh, I'm okay with it. Means <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it's funny. I um there there are positive aspects of it, but there yeah. are also some major drawbacks. How far are you in the game? I've actually been rotating it off and on with my husband. So wh- whoever's playing just plays. Okay. So I don't know what's going on in the story. I know there's goblins. Okay. I know who's <laughs> supposed to fight them. Yeah, there's I'm not um, quite sure why. There's an the aspect goblins. without spoiling anything. There's an aspect of the story that uh, I I did not care for whatsoever. It involves a character that you you have no no sympathy. You don't like them. Nothing. And and the story takes a twist where you're involved with that person and the game seems to be longer just to kind of sandwich them in there somewhere mm-hmm. and the whole time you're you're basically the game is doing its dialogue and you're shouting to the screen like with your own answers but it's your fault that's why <laughs> no one cares you know like just just leave them just leave them i'm not going back um yeah. yeah there'll be a full review of the game coming up uh shortly on talking comics if anyone is interested sure people will be it's a ps4 yeah. game so uh yeah. link between worlds is amazeballs got a 10 out of 10 oh my god it's amazing game informer it's uh wow. you know it it's funny because it's the same exact world map as link to the past but they they change up a lot of things a lot of core zelda mechanics that you're used to in these games don't exist here in the fact that Zelda games have a very specific um, layout since Ocarina of Time, especially, which is, you know, you you wake up, you're a little kid, you have to go through a, a lot of time where you're uh, not really doing much, you know, you're, you're like killing spiders and you, you, know, you finally get to the, the, the first temple and then you sort of get out into the o- overworld. Uh, when you start A Link Between Worlds, you basically can go anywhere that your power set allows you to go um, and after you get past the first two or two dungeons, uh, there are 10 dungeons and you can do them in any order you want. Nice. Um, and all those items that you'd get in those dungeons to finish them, there is a shop where you can buy or rent all of those items. So mm. you, you rent those items and you go out adventuring. But if you die, if you die, the, the shopkeeper is a little like debt collector bird flies <laughs> in and takes away all the items that you have. Oh. And you have to either go back and rent them or try to finish the dungeon without them. Oh wow! Um, cool. It is very cool. It's su- supremely addictive. Um, really well made. Um, I'm I'm probably like uh, three or four dungeons into it, and it's 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 awesome. You know what else is awesome? 
Resogun for the yeah. PS4. I yeah. about three a.m. this morning. I went into what I refer to as beast mode, <laughs> and uh, I rescued all ten humans and had a what they call in the game a perfect run. <laughs> and I I don't know what my eyes were bleeding, <laughs> and it was super intense. My friend sitting next to me didn't utter a word because he was afraid that he was going to screw me up. <laughs> I was bobbing and weaving like nobody's business. It was awesome. You know, my brother had a very similar experience because um, we got the PS4, and he was just over watching us play Resogun, and he stood up and said, I'm going to beat this game. And then <laughs> that, that was it. He stood right in front of that TV, and we were just like, stunned silent yeah he, he, he's just like i'm just gonna do it yeah. I, I kept getting nine humans that you actually have to increase your multiplier in order to get all 10 and i didn't know that for several games so my friend's trying to convince me he's like you got to get up in the morning drop your car off at the mechanic he's like you really should go and i'm like no nah, one more one more <laughs> one more and then finally in the last one i was like all right this is the last one and i just something clicked and i i, I was like i transcended it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Super Mario 3D World, uh, I haven't played that much of it yet. Uh, uh, me and uh, my fiance Karen, we playing through it together because it's multiplayer. So um, we played the, f- the first world. Uh, it's great. It's beautiful. It's charming. It, the Mario in HD, it looks great. And it's got a lot of vendor stuff. The cat suit is just as good as everyone, uh, as it seems it's going to be. Um, it's adorable. Uh, some. <laughs> The, one of the most adorable things about the game is that if you finish a level, you know, you, you can, first of all, you can climb up the flagpole now. You don't have to jump the top. The, the, oh, the cool. cat suit can run up the flagpole. Um, so you run up there, and then after you finish, you know, Mario does that little dance where he spins around, and he jumps in the air and goes like, wahoo! Yeah. And his, when you have the cat suit on, he spins around, jumps in the air, and goes, meow! Oh. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. It's great, though. It's Mario 2 style. You know, it's Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, and, and Toadstool. And they all pretty much have the same ability sets they had in Mario 2, except unlike Mario 2, there's not this, you know, the picking turnips out of the ground mechanic. So right. it, Toad is no longer the fastest at take, picking up turnips. He's just the fastest character. And when he wears the cat suit, he's a kitten. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, it, the, they're both fantastic. Yeah, I've been waiting till Christmas on that one. And just because my husband just bought the 3DS XL Legend of Zelda bundle. Oh, nice. And a PS4. That's, and games with that yeah. and another controller <laughs> so i'm like hold up <laughs> let's hold off on mario until i'm not a doctor yet calm down <laughs> yeah i was gonna wait on the mario game too and then um sunday morning my fiance karen was like how much does that mario game cost she's like do you want to split it and i was like oh okay oh it's <laughs> yeah. love yeah so we went and got that and it, it was good it was it was a good day um and it's funny because in the game, you know, you it gives you like a score at the end. Who had the highest score? Oh no! And every time I beat her, she hit me. So <laughs> I think I'm gonna start throwing levels soon. <laughs> so she's she's punishing you for it to shape your behavior to let her win. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. I never throw levels. It's one of the things <laughs> that my friend's sister hates about me. <laughs> She'll play with me a dead, a dead or alive or in Street Fighter, and I just always whoop her ass. She's like, "Why can't you just let me win one?" I'm like, "Because then you wouldn't learn." Exactly. <laughs> the victory exactly won't be as right. sweet the day that you beat me. Never. Now, my friend Michelle, who I'll be cooking with, mm-hmm. will, I was teaching her to play tennis. Mm-hmm. There's no mercy. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, I am I am not really tall. I have very long arms, and I used to be able to jump. So I would hit into the back court and run to the net, and she'd put up something weak, and I'd hit her right in the chest. <laughs> yes. But she eventually you hit someone. Right, she eventually got to be a very good recreational tennis player <laughs> and could return shots like that. And mm-hmm. she always 
you know, said, well, it was because you mm-hmm. forced that upon me. I had to learn how to do something. I, See? Mm-hmm. Beyond that I had a lot of fun, you know, you learn something. You're welcome. Mara, yeah. in, your, in your professional opinion, how does this, uh, this tough love uh, scenario really work? <laughs> well, in school psychology, it's important to give children some success when you're teaching them new skills. So you want to integrate easier things that they can achieve so that it gives them some confidence to try the harder stuff. Well, she was a grown-up. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's nice to knock people down. It ends <laughs> in the classroom for Mara. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome, awesome. So, uh, yeah, so lots of video game talking the last couple of weeks, but let's move on to uh, s- some comic book stuff. So um, we talked uh, a few weeks ago about uh, the death of uh, Mark Wade and Chris Samney's Daredevil. <laughs> Uh, and we heard this week that long live Mark Wade and Chris Samney's yes. Daredevil. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which is ending, I believe, at thirty six or thirty eight. Yeah, thirty six. Thirty six, um, and is relaunching um, with a new number one in. Sorry, I forgot the month. Um, is it February? February? I think it is February. Yeah. Um, and they will be moving uh, Daredevil to San Francisco, which is not the first time, right? Jerry Conway mm-hmm. with Black Widow. Yeah, with Black Widow. Um, Same team though. Yeah, same exact yeah. team. Awesome. Yeah, same exact team. Um, colorist, letterer, the whole team is coming over. Fantastic. And it, when talking to, um, I believe the Nerdist is, the, is who broke, is who, is who the story, uh, they had said that, Mark Wade had said that back when the initial Marvel Now had happened, they had been approached and given the opportunity to relaunch the book at number one then, um, you know, to, to benefit from the sales bump they would have gotten, but he said that they were right in the middle of a story arc, so he felt like it would have been a gimmick and not a natural reason to start at number one. And this, they're really changing kind of everything after issue 36, so it made sense for them to go back yeah. to an issue one. Well, the, the whole now phenomenon has mm-hmm. been that. Yeah. Natural breaks because mm-hmm. of changed creative teams, or in this case, a new setting, or with Captain Marvel, the same idea where you're taking Carol out into space. Mm-hmm. Nice way to do it. It seems more natural. I wonder what the fate of Foggy is. If he's going to go with him or... We don't know. Ooh. Ooh. They haven't spoiled anything that's going to happen for the the finale. The the plot Season finale uh, of this. But they said there's going to be a definite reason why he has to move move away um, at the end of this arc. Awesome. I'm so excited. Um, Mara, I know that on the morning show, we've talked uh, a few times about how you don't read Daredevil. but I don't, but... I did last week. Oh, look at it that. It was just a random issue, and I haven't read Daredevil since issue seven, I think. Okay. The end of that first trade. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> it was that classic monster, movie monster mm-hmm. storyline. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I've been picking this issue up every week or every month, and I'm not reading it, so let's just read it. <laughs> so you have all the issues, you just haven't been reading it? Yep. Does your Ooh. does your husband read it? Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's sort of. Sort of. <laughs> he <laughs> tries. Can he not read it? I don't understand the. <laughs> he, 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 you know, when you get like one issue behind, mm-hmm. and then the next month comes and you set that issue aside yes. because you haven't read the previous issue, mm-hmm. and then the next month comes, you're like, well, I haven't read the the previous two issues, so yeah. I'm gonna set this one aside too. It yeah. just it gets put back in back of your mind, and next thing you know, it's. Four two years, years later. later. Yeah, right. Exactly. I think yeah. we all know what that's, that's like. my life yeah. of Feelers yeah. Defenders. That's my life yeah. of Feelers Defenders so, right now. So that's that's Daredevil for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my mind management. That's my mind the gap. <laughs> that's a whole whole mess of books for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, and Daredevil number one relaunches in March, by the way. To, uh, oh. Uh, yeah. okay. We were close, though. February, March. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, so, I mean, Steve and I have been 
um, very uh, very vocal about our praise for the book, and I'm sure we'll both be there. Well, you got me onto it, and it's it's one of the greatest books that I I've ever read. I mm-hmm. love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, and so I'm excited. I mean, I'm glad that they're sticking with it. I'm glad that possibly this will mean uh, a bump um, mm-hmm. in sales. So it's going to be a you know, uh, assuming that he's that they stay on it for at least another six to twelve issues. It's a pretty substantial run of forty eight. Yeah, the in this day and run. age, that's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah, um, uh, on the character, uh, he has to stay through the launch of the television show. We would think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. You would think so, right? Um, which would seem that way now that it's going to be twenty fourteen. Um, yeah, so that's that's great news. The other news we got um, a, about uh, a, a new Marvel number one is uh, Moon Knight uh, oh. is, is coming back, written by Warren Ellis. With art by Declan Shelby and uh, colors by Jordi Belair. Wow! Yeah, it's <laughs> a dream team. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty great team right there. Now, which Moon Knight? What identity is he this time around? He's he's a, a multiple personality. Yeah, what's his deal? Because I'm not entirely familiar with him. Bob, tell well, us tell us about Moon Knight. It's impossible to tell you about Moon. <laughs> I can tell you about the old Moon Knight. It's changed so much over the years. But he is a mercenary named Mark Spector. Mm-hmm. And he was very much the Marvel Batman, mm-hmm. or actually a cross between Batman and the Shadow, mm-hmm. in that he had multiple secret identities, and the other ones elude me at this point. Go mm-hmm. ahead. You, you've got the... No, 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 the, no, no. Okay. Go, no. Go ahead, no. Uh, had gadgets and gizmos, uh, little throwing knives, and always in the shadows, in the night, very street-level character. Very complicated, as writers kept adding layers and personalities, and it was incomprehensible at a certain point mm-hmm. by the 80s and then many i think there was a marvel Knights moon Knight yeah. somewhere down the road that yeah. supposedly fixed it and mm-hmm. i was long off the book at that point <laughs> got mm-hmm. the old ones sitting around i'm mm-hmm. gonna have to start rereading warren ellis is grim mm-hmm. yet strangely funny mm-hmm. at the same time right. it, it could really work as a sort of sharp character who's mm-hmm. always got the, the right thing to say and does the right thing at the right moment and that our team that could work yeah didn't a, uh brubaker do a run of moon knight i'm not sure if brubaker did a run uh, bendis had a sh- him and uh that might be uh david of. mack had a or alex malieve sorry had a had a run um a couple of years ago it was actually right when we were first starting the show yeah i think their that run was kind of wrapping of. itself up um spun out of i, I guess civil war i think he kind of had like a bump mm-hmm. again uh coming out of that uh that event um what they say here is, um, uh, well, they said Moon Knight suffers from multiple personality disorder. Um, as a result, the character whose alter ego is Mark Spector has had many identities over the years, from mercenary to millionaire to cab driver. Um, coming on to a new series, there might be a temptation to ignore some of that and start fresh, but Ellis plans to include it all while taking the character towards the direction of a different kind of crime fiction. He says, the best Moon Knight stories for me were always ground level but weird crime. Weird crime was kind of been the touchstone for me for this revival. Um, and he says, uh, though the most recent series featured Spectre as a TV producer in Los Angeles, this new ongoing will see him return to New York. Ellis's run will be heavily influenced by the critically acclaimed work. Um, I don't know how to say his last name, Bob. M-O-E-N-C-H? Mench. Mench. Uh, Doug and, Mench. And uh, Sienkiewicz, produced in the character's first solo series. Um, but the writer confessed that part of the appeal of taking on this title is the fact that it has never known significant commercial success. You can have a play with something knowing that there's not an audience of hundreds of thousands waiting with their knives out to cut off, cut things off just for getting it wrong. 
Um, and there's some art pages here that looks gorgeous. The Declan yeah. Shelby stuff is, is just amazing. Um, Mara, what, what do you think about this announcement? Are you interested? Um, first off, there is no such thing as multiple personality disorder. It's <laughs> called dissociative identity disorder, and it has been for several years. Um, so that kind of makes me a little bit wary at first. Doctor, I, I have this thing about Moon Knight because I was really into Brian Michael Bendis's uh, Spider Woman that he did with Alex Maleev. Mm-hmm. And then they stopped it, and then they started Moon Knight. <laughs> and I was so pissed off about it. So I, I have never read Moon Knight, and I probably still won't because I'm harboring <laughs> ill feelings about them leaving that book and starting another one. I can't get over it. So the question is, well, how does that make you feel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm sure it'll be great. I mean, nothing <laughs> against the character. It's just my own weird quirks about I'm... people who wrong Spider-Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your father. That's a big... <laughs> <laughs> um, Ellis has said that uh, he described Moon Knight as demented in more interesting ways than I think Batman ever was. His cape is actually a crescent moon, and he goes out only at night and dresses in reflective white so you can see him coming. Now, that's nuts. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, why well, you should like Warren Ellis too? Yeah, I guess that exactly does sound interesting. I'm that art looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, the, the art is gorgeous. I mean, again, we're not even seeing the, the Jordy Belair covers here, colors here, but uh, the line work itself is just it's it's gorgeous. Oh yeah, I'm down with yeah. that. The, um, by the way, the, in the original, the Sinkevich art wasn't the crazy Sinkevich art mm-hmm. that would show up eventually in New Mutants with weird angular right, stuff. Yeah. He was still drawing people in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do like that other art, but it, yeah. it wouldn't fit with Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually have a question for yeah. Bob. And oh, hopefully I have an answer. Right there. I saw, I was fishing around today online looking at uh, some stuff for, you know, our end of the year in preparation for that. What is X-Static? I saw that dupe was a part of a superhero team at some point. Well, after I had gone off X-Men. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Peter Milligan and Mike Allred. Yeah, I know, I recognize the art. That's why I caught my eye. Yeah, it was a spinoff of their work on X-Force, I believe. Do you know if it was any good? Yeah, it's apparently fantastic. Everyone you oh, everyone you hear about it. It's, it's, I, it's I every time that I go to Heroes in London, I I see it and it's in like the five ninety nine oh, yeah? bin and I, I haven't picked I gotta get it next time. Yeah, apparently it, it's fantastic. What do you think about this Moon Knight? Oh, I'm so I mean the the artwork that you just showed me is mm-hmm. is gorgeous and uh I have I've always been curious about him, but I've never actually been exposed. So if Warren Ellis is going to be taking on the character in a new book, that's the perfect time to jump on and check out an issue or two and see if uh, see if it gels with me. I I, I like the setup, mm-hmm. and I I do I like that line uh, that you just read about him wearing white, mm-hmm. and uh, the idea that he wants people to see him coming, and he he wants to I guess strike fear or be imposing, and and you know it's it, it, mo. What I'm sorry, Mara. What was it? Dissociative identity disorder. Dis- dissociative identity disorder. Mm. That that <laughs> thing that she just said. A uh, like a superhero character or just a comic book character with that going on mm-hmm. could lead to a lot of really cool uh, story ideas and 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 character ideas, and mm-hmm. it, it sounds like fun. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, that was a big surprise. That that wasn't when they were teasing, but before they before they announced it. No. <laughs> um, so that it's, it's pretty cool that, that that's that that's coming. Um, what do you think the word would have been? 
don't know. Lunar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that, probably. Um, so, uh, at New York Comic Con, uh, Mar, did you hear about this? They announced a Cirque du Soleil style Marvel Universe live show uh, at New York Comic Con. Huh. Did not hear about that. <laughs> um, and, and to- I. What? And today on um, Bleeding Cool, they. Uh, released uh, sketches and names of the female characters that were, were some of the female characters are going to be in the show, and they are Black Cat, Maria Hill, uh, Madame Hydra, Captain Marvel, Pepper Potts, and Black Widow. Uh, so, Mar, huh. this is this is fresh news to you. What do you think of the of a, of a of a Marvel Universe stage show, uh, and what do you think about these characters being in it? Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> For uh, I don't. Uh... She's speechless. She's speechless. Bob, what do you I, think? Well, they're not on ice, right? <laughs> no, this not, is not on a, ice. This is no, not no. skating. It's a stage show yeah. that's meant to be the, the dinosaurs live or these things that they do. Yeah. They'll run around an arena and yeah. and have a superhero battle. Yeah, exactly. As long as it's not one hundred eighty dollars a ticket or whatever, <laughs> I, I'm in. You know, why not? <laughs> We'll have a road trip. We'll have a Talking Comics road trip to a Marvel live event. Is it an all female cast, or there'll be no, no, no? There's male characters as well, but they just they announced the female characters. Cool uh, for, for right now. Um, it's an interesting little little story. I mean, we, we still don't know what the show's going to look like at all, so who knows? But it'll probably be a little cheesy, but probably also really impressive in in, in some ways. Hmm. So um, maybe they should do wrestling. <laughs> yeah, WWE wrestling with Marvel <laughs> characters. Um. A little, nice little, a little, a little talking point here. Uh, IGN this week uh, released their list of the twenty-five, uh, the top twenty-five villains of uh, DC Comics. Ooh, um, I'm gonna read off the the top five here and, and yeah. see what we think. Um, Brainiac was number five, Sinestro number four, Two Face number three. Wow. Uh, Lex Luthor number two, and the Joker number one. Bob, what do you think? Fairly obvious list. Mm-hmm. You know, we tried to avoid those when yeah. we did our own list. Mm-hmm. Two Face, that seems awfully high for Two Face. That's what I was thinking as well, Bob. Hmm. A little high for the Two Face. Yeah. What do you think, Mara? Same, same thing. I had actually heard of this list earlier this week, and the Joker makes perfect sense. I mean, mm-hmm. no one, no one's more iconic as a villain than the Joker. But Two Face, um, up there with Lex Luthor, uh, just kind of, I don't know. Uh, interesting being above uh, some of those other guys, being above um, uh, Sinestro. Like Sinestro. Yeah. 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 Um, and be, uh, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, th- the weird thing is I think everybody has their own like idea of the, the, the pantheon of Batman villains, but I don't even really think of Two-Face as the number two Batman villain no. in my brain. Catwoman, Penguin, Riddler. Yeah. Certainly above him. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think in Two-Face probably has a lot. The cool thing about Two-Face is I think character-wise he's deeper than a lot of those guys because he has that multiple personality and stuff like that. But I don't think of Two-Face as the the, the top, the next in line of, of Batman villains. But, I mean, that's just me. Well, looking at this article, they kind of talk about how um, Batman thinks he can still save him. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him and a unique villain is that he's he's got this potential to be good again. Right. And that might be where they're coming from. Yeah. And, Definitely a great character. I just I don't know if I put him on the, the, the top villains list. I don't know if I'd okay. slide the. I like the old ones, you know, Vandal mm. Savage, people like that yeah. that I mentioned. But on using those sort of characters, yeah. I take him out, slide two up, and put Professor Zoom. Oh, Professor Zoom's a good one as well. Yeah, it's a good one. What do you think of this list? The top five, Steve. Uh, I don't know anything about Brainiac, mm-hmm. so Ooh. it's a good one. Yeah, I, I've never. Yeah. I've. It's funny. I was going through a bunch of. I was in my comic room 
uh, about two nights ago, thumbing through some stuff. I don't have a Superman section. Mm-hmm. I don't. I have fa- a Superman family adventures and like some old, old Brave and the Bold and maybe, maybe some random ass Superman stuff. But aside from like Tim Sale and like trades and such of like the classic stories, uh, I don't, I've, I've never been exposed, uh, exposed, <laughs> exposed mm-hmm. to Brainiac. So that, that just surprises me on a, on a level of that. Uh, I, I don't, obviously he's somebody that I should know mm-hmm. and I don't. Yeah. So that's my fault. Um, Two-Face being on the list is definitely a surprise. I just, in the, like you said, in the list of Batman villains, I would have never guessed. Mm-hmm. I, I could see the argument. I guess the, the, a lot of the Batman villains, people tend to focus on his relationships with his villains. Mm-hmm. And the Joker is, is an obvious, you know, number one. But I guess I could see the whole Harvey Dent, Two-Face, Batman, Bruce thing. It, it really, it goes really deep. I think it goes deeper than a lot of people remember that it does. And perhaps they didn't forget mm-hmm. and they decided to include him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually, Lex Luthor was number two. two. Okay. That makes sense mm-hmm. above the Joker. I was expecting him to be number one, but then mm-hmm. when you said the Joker, I was like, yeah. well, duh. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a great, great list. Yeah. Uh, maybe I should go read some Brainiac stuff. Um, I mean, uh, uh, I'm sure Bob can tell you about a lot of, 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 of older stuff. Uh, modern wise, uh, there's, uh, Jeff Johns, what Jeff Johns was doing around action. I believe he did a, a storyline that's called Brainiac. Um, and it's it's really really good. Yeah, it's, I would totally check it out. Introduction and also the uh, the for the man who has everything, which is the Alan Moore Superman yeah. story. Uh, it's a great Brainiac story as well. Yeah, I was going to mention <laughs> yeah, that. One. Yeah, but I mean, most importantly, he shrinks the city of Candor and sticks yeah. it in a bottle that Superman then has to yeah. well, take care of for all eternity. But he is the he's sort of the Lex character in that brain against brawn, mm-hmm. and he always had great plans. And he as an alien fifth level intelligence whatever those yeah. wires sticking yeah. in his head it's always kind of spooky to look at besides yeah. everything else yeah. just great design great character and when Kurt Swan drew him boy mm-hmm. yeah well just a tribute as to how much I don't know about the character when that terrible Green Lantern movie came out and I saw the villain in the trailers mm-hmm. I thought it was Brainiac just because he had a gigantic head with like veins throbbing <laughs> in the side I was like oh look it's Brainiac and my friend was like dude wrong character entirely <laughs> shut up see if you had said the leader you'd have been closer yeah, that's true that's true he looked like the leader hmm. um and just running the top 10 real quick uh we have black adam at number 10 okay uh deathstroke at number nine hmm. uh harley quinn at number eight wow uh dark side at number seven and uh penguin at number six see Sh- that dark side at seven as mm. a uh, no not yeah. below two-face yeah no, see, I, yeah, there's the one you could change out pretty mm-hmm. quickly. I'm shocked by Harley Quinn being on that list at all. She's very, very popular. Yeah. I know she's popular, yeah. but as far as greatest villains... No Flash rogues on there at all, which is really odd. I don't really see her. I mean, I know yeah. that she, she runs around with the rogues, but I don't really see her as a main Batman villain. She's mm. more of just a player. Yeah. You know, she's like kind of along for the ride. Yeah. I mean, not anymore, yeah. but... yeah. And no Catwoman on there either. No. Catwoman's more popular than Harley, I would think. Though they might be considering Catwoman not quite straight villain it just okay she skirts that line uh, I, i'm just i'm just guessing yeah. from from their their list and being Since on she there. stars in a book yeah. and so on and so forth yeah. i'm also through the whole list i mean it's not that long uh the the uh, number 15 is the flash rogues uh, <laughs> what is a lump yeah as a lump that's uh, lame. oh that's terrible uh 14 is poison ivy yeah. uh 13 the riddler uh 12 general zod uh 11 is uh reverse flash 
Professor yeah. Zoom. Okay. Um, I went all the way See, Zod isn't in enough books. Yeah. To me, th- th- that's lame. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw, what a terrible word. Why, why am I using that? Lame? It's lame, yes, man. It's, it's, it's lame, man. It's, it's, a ter- it's a terrible choice. Um, a Bane at number 20, uh, Vandal Savage number 19, uh, Cheetah 18. Oh, which one? Um, Barbara? I think, it just, I think it's like all of all them. All the Cheetahs, yeah. okay. Uh, Amanda Waller, number 17. Uh, Ra's al Ghul, number 16. Uh, mm, he, should, he could be higher. Yeah. Uh, Anti-Monitor, number 25. Mr. Freeze, 24. Uh, Crime Syndicate, 23. Scarecrow, 22. Yeah, you uh, go, Steve. And, uh, Thanks. <laughs> Krona, number 21, who is an evil guardian. Okay. The, yeah. Amanda Waller's straight villain? It's, that's, that's a little that's bit of a weird one to me too, as yeah. well, yeah. Hmm. Um, but that's what lists are for. To, uh, to, to, to be, argue. Yeah, I don't very, know about this list, IGN. <laughs> 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 Do it again. Yeah. Uh, look at our list. Our, we, our list was about a month ago. Yes, like well, I mean, yeah. a list is really, it's just your personal yeah, preference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People can argue Not when it's our you. list. No, our list is definitive. <laughs> <laughs> hell with everybody Amen. else's list. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Lists are awesome because you, you get to debate. <laughs> well, like I know. <laughs> um, so uh, we got to talk about this a little bit uh, when it was first... Um, announced, um, and I don't, I don't. But Mara is not so reliable with the, the movie people, so I'm not sure if she can. Uh, uh, <laughs> not at all. When we talked about Ben Affleck being cast as Batman, she was like, "I think I've seen one Ben Affleck movie." Movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just want to follow up here. This is more, you know, we talked about this a little bit, right? But Paul Rudd is now again conf- confirmed as the front runner. Uh, for Hank Pym as the front runner. Yeah, yeah. I read it as I read it four <laughs> times. And I could swear, because I was asking myself, why the hell would they be repeating mm-hmm. what we heard a couple weeks ago? Right. So when I read it, and I read it a couple times, mm-hmm. I saw the word confirmed, Ant-Man, yeah. Paul Rudd, huge announcement, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I tweeted, and like a minute and a half later, I'm like, whoa-oh. And I took it down, because my mistake, if anybody saw it and was disappointed, my bad, that was totally me. Uh but yeah, I thought that was a little weird that all of a sudden that resurfaced. And I yeah. kind of read it and I was like, "Well, duh." <laughs> I think it's be- I think it's one of those situations where it was a rumor and now it's continued to be something. I guess mm-hmm. through more official channels, there are people hearing, uh, you know, more substantiated rumors now. So I feel like it's seeming more and more likely that it's going to happen. He is who again? Uh, it's funny that you don't know who Paul Rudd is. I have no idea. He walked in the- your door. I wouldn't know who he is. <laughs> uh, it's really hard to. I mean, he. Uh, he's known now, especially for being in a lot of a lot of the of the Apatow, you know, comedies. He's in Four Year Old Virgin. He's in Knocked Up. He's an Anchorman, um, but he's also uh, you know uh, a really well trained series actor. He was a, a theater actor in New York for a, a very long time. Um, he uh, I can't remember the name of the movie right now. It um, shit, I can't remember the name. Of the movie. There's this movie that he did, he was in the play version of it, and then he was in the movie version of it. It's one of the, these like devastating plays you know where it's like okay. the end like makes you want to like cry it's like closer you know one of those type of things <laughs> um uh, yeah, clueless I, obviously he's in a clueless um so that don't remember him. oh yeah yeah <laughs> so like knocked up don't know who, know who he is in that he is um you know there's the the seth rogan and, and right. uh, uh Catherine heigl and then there's the other couple oh you know her sister and her okay. and her husband that's that's him uh he's in his 40s um Really good actor, really funny guy, really likable guy. I'm, I mean, Mara, first of all, do you know who Paul Rudd is? I, I do. <laughs> but I do want to say, like, he's so forgettable. 
to me. Okay. Like he's he's got that face that I don't remember. Um, <laughs> and I <laughs> confused. I, I like I've seen like what's it? Role models? Is he the one in that? Yes, he is in role okay. models. That movie was I, funny. Yeah, like, the movie's really funny. The guy I'm Paul Rudd. I'm thinking of in my head is so hard for me to pin down his facial features. So I'll be really interested to to see how he plays Ant Man. <laughs> um, to be fair, Lamara, you're probably not the best judge here. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Worst. You know what movie never came out that I was really looking forward to, and it went into like development hell. What was that? Um, the Knights of Bad Astum. Oh yeah. Remember, yeah. So, like we saw the trailers for like a thousand times, yeah. and here it is, like two years later, yeah. and nothing. It'll sneak out somewhere on Blu-ray or something. Oh, I hope so. Not at the theaters. Huzzah! Um, so <laughs> they had said that we're going to get casting news for Ant-Man before the end of the year. Uh, Kevin Feige's been saying that for for a while now. So uh, hopefully, this these rumors lead to some su- substantiated uh, news. And finally, what I'll leave off with uh, b- before we end the book of the week is. Um, uh, old cranky man Alan Moore himself uh, at it again this week um, he was asked uh, about superheroes and superhero comics um, in general um, and so I'm going to read some of his quotes uh, here we go uh, he said I, I haven't read any superhero comics since I finished with Watchmen the writer told The Guardian while promoting his latest work Fashion Beast I hate superheroes I think they're abominations they don't mean what they used to mean. They're originally in the hands of writers who would actively expand the imagination of their 9 to 13-year-old audience. That was completely uh, what they were meant to do, and they were doing it excellently. These days, superhero comics think the audience is certainly not 9 to 13. It's nothing to do with them. Its audience is largely of 30, 40, 50, 60-year-old men, usually men. Someone came up with the term graphic novel. These readers latched onto it. They were simply interested in a way they could validate their continued love of Green Lantern or Spider-Man without appearing in some way emotionally subnormal. Um... This is a significant rump of the superhero-addicted, mainstream-addicted audience. I don't think the superhero stands for anything good. I think it's a rather alarming sign. We've got audiences of adults going to see the Avengers movie and delighting in concepts and characters meant to entertain the 12-year-old boys of the 1950s. Whoa. <laughs> you sure that's ice for that burn. Yeah. <laughs> sure that's Alan Moore, not me? Yeah. <laughs> you love superheroes, Bob. Yeah, you love superhero movies, too. Yeah. Uh, I agree with a lot of what he mm-hmm. has to say in that layering all that other stuff onto mm-hmm. superheroes has been an issue of mine too. Mm-hmm. So he says it in a very pejorative way. Mm-hmm. He's very on the attack as he usually is. Yeah. So some of that I don't buy. I think a in-between audience can be had for something that's children's butt. I mean, Roald Dahl's children's books can be read by adults mm. and have a, another level. And I think he is missing that point of it because, frankly, he can't write that level. Mm-hmm. He writes... When he wrote superheroes, he wrote adult superheroes. We just did Steve's Book Club where yeah. he's mm-hmm. you know, crippling and raping Barbara Gordon. Yeah. So this, this, he's hardly the one to be yeah, throwing stones. This is my problem with this quote. Is that, yeah, Alan, yeah, Alan Moore, that is the truth, but it's, part, it's mostly your fault. It's like you and Frank Miller's fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. <laughs> the, you, you, the, the, the books they wrote um, in that time are fantastic and, and, and seminal and game-changing. But it seems a little bit um, bullshit to me to be the one who changes the game and then complain that the game has changed. You know, um, And all the superhero work, even the superhero stuff you wrote, it generally follows in what exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Very adult... Uh, 
you know, not written for nine to thirteen year olds, right. not to expand the imagination of nine to thirteen year olds. You know, it, 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 the graphic novel is chiefly created because of him. Like that's where, like that that term started to originate was around that time. So I think that his sentiment, while he does have kernels of truth, I think is a little bit BS because of who he is. Um, I mean, Mario, you, you said it was you said it was a burn, but what do you think of that? What, what he said. Um. Well, first off, most of your hero books, I would not feel comfortable giving to a 9 to 13-year-old child. Mm. Um, Amen. I, but I do think most superhero books are written to the people who grew up reading superheroes when they were 9 to 13. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, that's just a fact. And there's, there's no point in dissing superhero comics when we've got so many other great comic genres out there anyway. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like taking down the man or anything when we have image putting out great stuff we have idw taking all these franchises and you know um it, i mean it, i don't know how applicable it is really right it just it just sounds like he's upset and angry and sure you, you can be upset and angry but why, why complain about something that's not worth complaining about and he's been upset and angry for so long it's <laughs> like just noise to me now has he ever been not yeah, upset like, and angry i don't know <laughs> You know how when your mom tells you not to cross your eyes because you'll get stuck that way? Yeah. Don't be angry like Alan Moore because you'll get stuck that way. <laughs> and n- nothing take away from his writing because, like I said, he's one of my favorite writers. I think he's a fantastic writer, but um, mm-hmm. he also looks like uh, a cross between like the f- like a lead singer of an 80s hair metal band and Radagast the Brown from The Hobbit. That's what he looks like to me. <laughs> and Rasputin. And Rasputin. He does look like Rasputin. <laughs> the mad monk. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Steve? Do you agree with Mr. Moore? I don't appreciate the part where he called me subhuman. <laughs> <laughs> or sub I'm sorry, subnormal. 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 Yeah. Yeah, and I don't uh Yeah. I don't pull down my pants and shit on your lawn, Mr. Moore. <laughs> uh I don't really appreciate any creator that attacks um comic the comic book medium as a whole and tries to address like a, a large portion of it and basically pop off at the mouth. I do respect his him as a writer, but him as a comic book personality in today's comic book world, for somebody that doesn't really, that kind of keeps to the shadows and basically just pops up every now and again to, you know, spout off some words that get huge press because Alan Moore, he came out and he said something and then he pisses a bunch of people off and it's a news story and this and that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate things that he's that he's written. I I do enjoy, you know, a lot of his books. But uh I don't I don't appreciate the the attitude and the the blanketing of of his statements mm-hmm. and basically lumping everyone uh or not everyone, but just taking whole groups of people and in one way or another insulting either their interests, passions or way, ways of life. And you know what? If somebody is, you know, late 20s, 30, 40, 50, 60 something years old and they're still comic book fans, that's fucking awesome because you need those people to stay with you. And guess what, dude? A lot of those people, they bought your books. Mm-hmm. So lighten up. Yeah. Well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> no. Well, you know, take a, I don't know, take a vacation. Yeah. Or maybe he should create a character for those age groups. Yeah. 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 But sure. Such you know. a big shot. I would, I would not, I have no idea what that would be like if he created a, a children's character. 
He'd be probably arrested. No. Like no eyeballs and. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, trying to get a picture in my head that I don't want. <laughs> I gotta get rid of it. Newsflash: My girlfriend's hockey team won their game tonight, three to zero. Congratulations! Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So that's all we have uh, for news. Ah. Uh, let's move on to our book of the week. Uh, Bob, why don't you start us out? Okie dokie. <laughs> We will start with X-Men number seven. Nice. Which is Brian Wood and the Dodsons, Terry and Rachel, mm-hmm. this time around. Um, there is some interesting stuff here. Uh, the art, I, I love the Dodsons. I'm going to start with there. It's a little off this time. I think there's, some, as Steve pointed out to me, there's a lot of faces look a lot alike. Mm-hmm. And I think it's meant to be confusing, but it's so confusing, you don't even know who you're looking at at a right. certain point. Mm-hmm. Again, there's a lovely moment with Storm and Jubilee and Shogo as we get to that. The things that have been carrying this book through. I love seeing Monet St. Croix from over in X Factor. It's great that she's back in this book. Lovely with Jubilee. There's a back and forth where she even mentions her fangs, which Mm -hmm. is a a nice dig. The book is really missing Kitty and Rogue. There's something not here. And you get one panel of Rachel. Mm -hmm. And she's saying something snotty, basically. (laughs) So all the dynamics that were there before because of the changeover with the mm-hmm. event, this has come out of that event having already had its momentum broken. Now it looks shattered. I'm going to hang in with this a while because I'm, I am still enjoying what's going on. There's a lovely action sequence. And maybe this will build back to something that we had, but it seems as if it's pulled back from its enjoyment from before. Hmm. Interesting. I did not feel that way. I really, really liked it a lot. Um, I, I do agree. I think that some of the characters are a little bit confusing, mostly because I don't know who the characters are. So yeah. uh, I, that's what I felt was confusing me more. Not that they looked like just I didn't. And oh, the, like there's like five names for Ar- Archaea or whatever her name mm-hmm. is, the the, mm-hmm. the Omega Sentinel. Yeah, it was like they use like eight names for her during the book. Her first name, her last name, and her two code names. Yeah. yeah. So that that definitely confused me because I, w- I I thought they were talking about the same person, but I wasn't sure. So that's a was weird for that me. was my problem with it and then some of the art yeah um i liked the uh i liked the way the lady death strike stuff i think it's mm-hmm. like a cool weird way to to bring that character back um i, I especially love that they just go with it that it's just it's, like it's like a oh, flash drive that, that's yeah. the way it is you know they download the consciousness yep <laughs> It's comics. Yeah, nobody over in the Spider-Man book can even for one second believe that there's something fishy going on with the guy who has Peter Parker's face. Um, but I like that. Sub- the action sequence I loved. Um, the Monet stuff I thought was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I loved that fight. Um, you know what? I, I mean, I love Kitty, and I, like, I love when she's around. Uh, I, I guess because... I'm reading the other books. I have a lot of Kitty still in my in my life mm-hmm. in the other X Men books. So I guess I wasn't even really thinking about it here. Um, yeah, just saying, there's not a lot of Rachel. Um, there's not a lot of Psylocke, uh, and that stuff I really like a lot. So I, I was missing that stuff. But the little we got, I I, I really enjoyed. And uh, what I like about this book is I like that Monet can come in and she'll be there for a couple issues probably, and then she'll leave. And I like that there's it gives a sense of life to the the school. Because there are people coming in who aren't normally in the book, and they'll leave and they'll go out, uh, and I like that, that that stuff in this book where it's like, oh, we don't even have a name for this this team yet. And Rachel's, I have a name for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, we're just we're just X Men, and I like yeah. that. That's kind of the point of the book. So I like that that was said in in there. 
Um, I mean, Mara, I know you said you were, you were reading right before we went on. What did you think? Um, I thought it was one of the weaker of the X-Men books, um, partly because I'm not really familiar with some of the characters. Mm -hmm. But since Fearless Defenders is kind of going away, <laughs> I think it's a good idea to have kind of a rotating female cast um, special guest come in and out of an X-Men book, especially since they have so many. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, that's what I liked about Amazing X-Men too. You know, bringing in a Firestar. Is that who? Yep. Yeah. So this reminded me of that uh, somewhat, having Monet come in, and it, especially after, you know, finishing off with X-Factor so strongly. There's definitely, a, you know, a very clear picture in my mind of who she is and what she's going through. And, you know, those moments, uh, the moment where she kind of lays the smack down, it's one of those, you know, those great dramatic moments where, you know, you're like, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And you have that little giggle to yourself because, you know, you know she's going to kick some ass. So I like that stuff. I, I do agree. I don't think it was the best issue of, the, of this run by far, but I still really, really enjoyed it. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's a C plus for me if I were putting a okay. letter grade to it and the other books before the event were all A's. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just loved I, I think every time mm -hmm. one came out, I, I ended up mentioning it. Right. And it's just, it's that step down from that what I liked, I liked. What I didn't, I really didn't. Mm -hmm. And we'll have to see. Again, Kitty, to me, was the backbone of this as mm -hmm. well as everybody else. It was that core from the old group. Mm -hmm. And to have that gone, I'm mm -hmm. going to have to readjust. Right. Gotcha. And I don't adjust well, as you, you, you all know. So we will see. I'm still pining over books from the 60s. So, Mara, you know, you're, I understand your feelings about Spider-Woman. It never gets better. <laughs> yeah. Avengers Assemble. Yes. It gets better. Okay. Yeah. And she's yeah. in the, she's heavily in the new issue. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, my next pick would be Red Sonia number five, which we're continuing her story. She's got the plague, but she's found a cure, perhaps. Mm. <laughs> she's got the plague, you know. Yeah. You know, that's, that stuff happens, but she... That's what happens. She, she's with her bodyguards, who are always a ton of fun. And the Dark Queen and Alicia, Anicia, I'm sorry, I threw an L in that for no Anissa? particular good. Anissa? Yeah. I thought there was another I in the end of that. <laughs> oh, maybe there is. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Well, I'll just keep mispronouncing it. But it turns out that the person with the cure is actually the sort of disgraced prince of the king who we met early on, who gave her and Anicia, Anissa, her... <laughs> freedom which didn't all work out quite so well as we've seen over the preceding issues as i've talked through the first four of this i'm not much of a red sonia fan i read some of the frank thorne issues back in the day this is so deep and yet so funny at the same time this is just an amazing piece of work and i'm so thankful that gail simone went to this because otherwise i probably wouldn't have tried this at all it would have been mm -hmm. another because there are other red sonia books on the stand yeah. that i'm not reading mm -hmm. and this one has got me really into this character cool mm -hmm. i'm the same way yeah, you're getting I had it, never read Red Sonia before Gail Simone, and I've been really enjoying what she's been doing the character so far. We all need Red Sonia Letterman's jackets. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here we go. <laughs> I don't know how you, how would you even know it was a Red Sonia? Oh, I'll figure it out. <laughs> It'll say I'll, She Devil on it. I'll, uh, she Devil with a sword. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll soak it in blood for color. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, uh, let me just say, it's Walter Giovanni on the art on that, though. Oh. I have the Stephanie Busema cover. I, I, my store keeps getting me these, which mm. I, I just absolutely love. They're just hysterically yeah, I've funny. Been, uh, and... I've been collecting the Jenny Frieson covers <laughs> that are just gorgeous. I've got the Becky Cloonan. Nice. Nice. 
we'll have to meet up yeah, and exchange all meld covers. Them together. The Megazord of <laughs> yeah. Red Sonia covers. What, what I'm really hoping is that when they put the trade out, Dynamite tends to give you the extra covers mm-hmm. in the background information. What was the first cover? 12 covers there the was first a lot time around? Covers, yeah. I had the Fiona oh, Staples remember. one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have too. the Fiona Staples yeah. one too. I want all the covers. I, don't, <laughs> I just don't want to buy them. I, I, I don't just like that. Someone asked me once, I went, no, buy another book. You know, support some other title. Don't buy two covers of anything. But mm. now I want all 12 of these. <laughs> Moving on, Fantastic Four number 14, it's Matt Fraction's third from the last, uh, Carl Kessel on board here, and a new artist, we have Rafael Ienko, Ienko, <laughs> who did Epic Kill. Okay. Uh, it's a Mark Bagley cover that somehow didn't show up in the solicits, <laughs> so uh, it didn't get into covers of the week, but it would have, <laughs> where it's sort of a retake on them getting their powers, it, it mm-hmm. looks like, but it turns out the story's quite different. We are now stuck. Old John is involved inside Cosmic Rays. No, I'm so confused as to why the cover wasn't... I Did I forget to put it up? No, remember they... When I sent you the wrong cover because that's what every site put up a cover from two issues ago. Right. Oh. And yet this cover turned up... Mm. After the fact. Gotcha. It's as okay. if they were hiding it for mm-hmm. some reason. And they shouldn't have. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Mark Bagley and Paul Mounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So maybe we'll throw it in for next week. Uh, we have a, a triumvirate of villains. It's Kang, Doctor Doom, and Annihilus. All at, all, they want the Fantastic Four gone so badly so they can just take over everything. All realities, they've discovered the negative zone. There's only one. There's a multiverse, but there's only one negative zone. And it's the pathway to everything. <laughs> I have the funny feeling this is going to start coming up in all these infinity and in humanity that this is how we're going to start getting between these universes where we couldn't before. That's the doorway. Hmm. And since that doorway's in the Baxter building, you've got to take out the Fantastic Four if you're going to do this. There's great stuff here with Sue, including one of my favorite lines of the year, worst vacation ever. <laughs> As everything just goes to hell in a handbasket. But it, it's a better line. They're sending the kids home. It's, it's gotten to be really heavy. They're, all, they're falling apart, literally, as Ben did. And so they, she has borrowed from Medusa a dog whistle that will summon Lockjaw through the dimensions, <laughs> which is just a great bit of business. And the kids don't want to leave. They want to stay and help. Yeah. And, well, you're going to go home to, to, to Scott and Jen. They don't know what's going on at home, obviously. And no, we want to stay here with you guys. You know, you're a family. And Sue's line to them is, well, family isn't just who you're related to. It's who cares for you and who takes care of you. It's, it was definitely, I, I read it, and it was one of my favorite Fantastic Four issues of Fraction's run, or rather, you know, Fraction and, uh, and Kessel. It's one of the best, if not the best issue in a while for me. Because, I, I mean, I love Fantastic Four to death. I've been kind of off and on with Fraction's run, but this issue in particular reminded me of why I love the characters and why I do love the series. It had a lot more of that family value stuff in it than just straight action or consequences mm-hmm. or sci-fi or just putting them deeper into an already bad situation. Uh, this kind of restored my love for the series or this run in particular. And like I said, it, it reminds readers of who they are. And it really, really brought out the family aspects of it. It was great. Mar, did you read? Fantastic Four? Yep. No. <gasps> Don't get mad. No. <laughs> no. I'm, I just, I, 
I have been a big fan of it. It's just, you know, it's that whole thing where you, you miss one month. There you go. <laughs> you forget where you left off and suddenly you've got more Fantastic Four issues than you can read. <laughs> well, it's all interconnected. So when you finally catch back up, it'll be one giant ball of fun. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Let's, let, let's hope. I think he'll wrap it up in a happy way. You would think so. Yeah. One hopes. <laughs> one can only hope. Two Book of the Week. We got to speak to them uh, on the show last week, Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor. It's Harley Quinn number zero, which was just to see Harley back from the darkness they've had her thrown in into the regular DC books. Just absolutely hysterical. Twelve different artists each taking a shot at this. The, the book begins with Harley in her storage unit filled with long boxes of comics and talking panda bears and squirrels and all sorts of craziness. What would it be like if I was in a comic book and it turns into a long tryout with the sides from the other side of the fourth wall from the two writers debating which artists are good as they put her in crazy situations. The actual tryout page that caused all the controversy is there, though it's missing its last panel. <laughs> if you remember, it was the, the suicide panel where she's standing on a rooftop holding onto a cell tower in the middle of a lightning storm. She's wearing a chicken bikini in a bunch of alligators. She's inside a whale's mouth. And then it was supposed to be her in the bathtub with a bunch of power tools on cords oh. dropping from the ceiling. That's been replaced by a Dr. Strangelove panel of her riding a missile. Huh. Instead, all the while commenting on it. And as Jimmy was saying, you know, very Looney Tunes that turned into something, you know, quite different. We get a, a wonderful Bruce Tim page where she's auditioning to be Harley with the Joker doing lines from Mad Love. Wonderful Adam Hughes page that begins with sort of a blue penciled outline of why do I look like this? <laughs> the fabulous Darwin Cook who brings you to Jimmy and Amanda's wedding mm. and some just crazy, crazy stuff. Chad Harden, who does the last two pages, is the artist for the ongoing series. Mm-hmm where you get the setup for what's going to happen next. I don't want to spoil that, even though it got spoiled last week, and they <laughs> our guests fought with each other about what they were spoiling. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. If you're a fan of Harley at all, you need to pick this up. Lots of fourth world breakiness that the series may or may not have. They were a little coy about that. They're saying, mm-hmm. not going to be like this. I am in awe of what this book is. Certainly funniest thing I've read in a very long time with a mainstream character. If you like Deadpool, you'd like this. If you like the old She-Hulk, you'd like this book. Give it a try while it's on the stands. It's already disappearing heavily. There are phone calls to stores left and right to try to find this book. So Bobby actually has two covers. No, no. I mean, the Harley, the the sketch cover has like the regular cover. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. So what does everyone else think of Harley Quinn number zero? Steve, you reviewed it for the site, won't you? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this, actually. (laughs) Um, All right. I I, first, I just want to say I I loved the book. I thought it was great. I thought it was funny. I thought it was charming. I thought the setup for it was really cool. Uh, I had gotten to read it early, courtesy of Bob, um, the night that we interviewed Jimmy and Amanda. But unfortunately, because of time constraints, I had to kind of blow through it and wasn't really able to appreciate the delivery of it uh, quite as much as I did on a second read. Uh, I didn't even know which color belonged to which writer, like which one was Jimmy and which one was Amanda. I just kind of glazed over the idea that they introduced themselves and I was 
just reading it as like kind of haphazardly. But anyway, um, I think it's a really interesting first issue or zero issue, just in a sense of it's got so many different things going on for it. One of the things that I'm notorious for uh, on this podcast and on on the Talking Comics website in general is I do say uh, quite often that DC has a lot of similar artists um, kind of creating their dark world or, you know, the the Aquaman, it kind of looks like Superman, it kind of looks like Batman, it kind of looks like Green Lantern. And, you know, they a lot of people have told me that it's because they want to have similar artists to build a universe and make you feel like you're walking around in the same place. And I think that's that's brilliant. And it's got it. It's got its really, really great points. It's got a couple of drawbacks for me. But one of the things that Harley Quinn uh, number zero did for me above anything else, above the writing, above anything, was having so many different artists, contributing artists to Vertigo and to DC and other labels as well, other publishers being on this one book. It was like an avalanche of talent as as far mm-hmm. as artwork goes and it showed me you know me personally and i was going through it flipping every page of if you put all of these people that contribute to dc in one place it proved to me how varied they can be at times and that was kind of something that i needed and something that i needed to be Mm -hmm. reminded of and i appreciate that the book did that you know, for me, and um, I'll be, I, we're doing the whole thankful thing tonight. I'm actually thankful for Harley Quinn number zero because it kind of shut me up a little bit. And that's, you know, not always a bad thing. Uh, in this case, it was a very good thing. I will say this, though. The fourth, fifth, seventh, billionth wall-breaking uh, approach to it that it has, I'm hoping that it doesn't turn people off to the series because while I thought it was fun and while I thought it was cool and different and something that perhaps some other books should try every now and again, or at least just have like a special issue or whatever. uh, I'm hoping that people understand that this is only going to be, this issue is only going to be this crazy this one time. Yeah. It says, it says at the end, uh, um, continued in Harley Quinn number one, where we swear we will stop breaking the fourth wall. (laughs) I think that's I hope they don't do away with it entirely, but it might be to their benefit unless they're going to run with it all the way through and do kind of like a, a Deadpool Harley Quinn run. Uh, I could see a lot of readers being turned off by the approach, and I don't necessarily know that I want a Harley Quinn book where we are constantly breaking the fourth wall. Like I said, I really, really appreciated it, appreciated it for this issue. And I thought it was a riot. And I had so much fun with it. It was great. But month after month, issue after issue, I don't know that I would want her, Jimmy and Amanda, butting in or her... If she was talking to us, if she was talking to the readers, that would be one thing. But for the the writers of the books themselves coming into play, it kind of creates a little bit of a disconnect for me while reading and I'm I can't wait to see where it goes, but I really I want a straight Harley Quinn solo series where you get to see her being sexy, being a badass, being very clever, and just being Harley. And I don't know that you can do that with with constantly breaking the fourth wall. It kind of 
I don't know that I want that. Well, they've already said they're not going to do that. Right, right. But I'm saying, yeah. I, I just, I'm hoping that with this issue, that if people that aren't familiar, either with that kind of writing style or just that approach, mm-hmm. that they're not like, oh my God, you know, what is this? Mm-hmm. What am I getting myself into? I don't know if I like this. Mm-hmm. I just want to see Harley Quinn bash somebody with a mallet. <laughs> um, they'll get to that, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Uh, last thought though, I absolutely positively, two thoughts. I love the final artwork or the artist that's going to be on the book, um, you know, for the duration. Uh, awesome. Great, great, great art. And I love the idea that they're moving her to New York and her circumstances by the end of the book are killer. And I can't wait to see Mm. what happens with that. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, Mar, did you read the book? Yes, I did. And I don't know if I have anything unique to say other than I really appreciated how DC kind of poked fun at itself Mm -hmm. in this book. And it was hilarious. It was awesome. I actually, um, when my husband and I were reading it, we pulled out our volume of Hush to check that panel. Oh, the Jim Lee page? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was uncanny. It was, I mean, obvious. Right. (laughs) But it, it was it was so much fun and I've never had that much fun reading a DC book since new 52. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the reason they do it is because it's a statement book, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's something totally different. I guess everybody talking uh, about the book. Um, and I, I, you know, I think whether or you know, and they talk about this, if you listen to the interview we did with, with Jimmy and Amanda, uh, which you can find on the site and on the iTunes feed, um, you know, they talk about not wanting to completely like blow up, what what she's been in in, the, in these last two years, but this is an obvious thing. Like what what she is in Suicide Squad, and that that's not what you're going to get here. And I think that it's important, uh, not important. It's actually m- more honest than I expect from <laughs> from anybody being like you know, people who like her in this book. You might not like this book because we're not going to do this the same things. And this book obviously goes completely the other way, and they're going to bring it back when they actually go to the the month to month series. But to me, it feels like a statement book. It feels it's so off the wall. It's so crazy. It's so even above and beyond, you know, the Deadpool yeah. stuff as far as the way it breaks, you know, the fourth wall constantly. It has the writers talking to us and, you know, all these other things and mentioning the artists by name in, in the panels, which is so inside baseball because, you know, you know, half the people reading the book probably don't know who those people are. Um I thought the Jim Lee page was really funny because it's a really funny way to just give, give, have his name on the front of the yeah, book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, she just looks really good in the page. Um, well, it's, a, it's his royalty payments in the yeah, bag. So. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I liked all that stuff a lot. Um, I, I thought that, you know, it, it was cool too, just lo- looking at it as far as like the, some artists who I didn't, I didn't know, you know, who I was like, oh, th- this is really cool. Like, this looks really great. It was fun to see, um, what's his name, Charlie... Uh, Aldred, the guy who does the Adlard, Adlard, yeah, uh, doing colors, yeah, you know, yeah, that was having weird. Colored work, that was cool. Um, I, I love the Becky Cloonan thing. I love that it was just basically a page from Fabulous Killjoys. I thought that yeah. that was that was very funny. All that stuff was great. Um, I agree, with Steve. In a lot of ways, for me, the issue is is a little bit too much. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't sit down, I didn't finish and go, oh my god, I got to give this to somebody to read, or I I can't wait to read a series like this. I very nice to go. Hmm, that was a cool, like little, like one-off thing. I look forward to seeing what they do. Um, That's how I feel about. Yeah, it. normally, because I know it's going to be much and more normal, much more normal than that. I like you saying before. I don't mind if she breaks the fourth wall and talks to us. You know, if right. she's just a little Deadpool in that way, where she's speaking to the audience. But I, I don't want to read up a whole book um, with the, them talking, and it won't be that way because 
they're still writing a book that's in mainline DC continuity. And right. it just doesn't it doesn't fit. Well, here's the thing. Back in the old days, mm-hmm. when John Byrne was doing She-Hulk and she did all these things and talked to him mm-hmm. and the editor and ripped through the pages when right, she yeah, didn't yeah. like what was going on. Yeah. In West Coast Avengers or in Fantastic Four, she was the regular She-Hulk. Right, right, right. Yeah. It was a book off to the side mm-hmm. and Marvel was willing 25 years ago to say, great, yeah. just go do that. Yeah. It's fine. People can sort it out. Yeah. The real problem here is for folks who are fans of Harley Quinn, the Harley Quinn that's in Suicide Squad is not Harley Quinn. Yeah. She's some character with her name mm-hmm. dressed weirdly <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So there isn't that, okay, the real Harley's over here and yeah. we're doing the funny one. Yeah. You now need to have a book that has the real Harley in it. And I yeah. think that's what Jimmy Demander are going to yeah. give you. And then maybe every once a year you'll get a, a zero kind of special of her doing crazy stuff, right? And mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't think I think this stuff peppered throughout um, a regular series every once in a while coming up, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I just think this is a very it's like an assault, you know, on, on the senses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a gorgeous book to look at. It's funny, it, you know. Uh, it has all those things. And funny enough, like you know, when we, we talked to him last week. You know, for me as well though. But th- this Harley isn't isn't quite the Harley from the old stuff either. No. You know, it, it's it's definitely a different take on that character definitely brings the humor back so that it's more like that character than I think we've seen in the Suicide Squad Yeah, but it's not quite that character either so I will be I'm intrigued to see wh- how they shape the character yeah, I mean, going if, forward it felt like a like a third Harley yeah yeah in a way which is totally fine I mean look the thing is like the New 52 stuff I think our biggest complaint about, about everything is that they didn't seem to commit to things mm. you know what I mean so if they're going to commit and they're going to and they're going to reshape Harley in this new image cool but you have to stick with it you have to do it um i mean and i think we've seen that in the last couple of months they've started to do that with a lot of other properties as well and i think that if they're giving characters like this to a team like this and kind of letting the reins loose like you can see here i think that bodes well for the future of the imprint and and the brand and i mean i just for me Mm. the idea that there's a harley quinn book solo book on the shelves at all I am like over the moon mm-hmm. for that. She's my favorite in the Bat Universe. I will that will be every every issue. I don't even care if it gets bad. Every <laughs> issue I will pick it up and it'll be either the first or last thing I read depending on my on my mood that day, mm-hmm. but I absolutely cannot wait to see where they take this. Yeah. And it gets me excited to read issue 1 because I have no idea what it's going to be like now. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea. So I am excited to see what that's like. Uh anything else, Bob? That, that's it. All right, Steve, what do you got for us? All right, let's see. Um, Putting the word out that I finally, we're talking about books that have gone by the wayside that you didn't get to to read for a month or two. Uh, I picked up again, uh, I guess it was Batman and Robin, but now it's Batman and Two-Face. Yeah, yeah, Batman and. (laughs) Yeah, Batman and dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I read 24 and 25, Mm -hmm. which uh, again is a a Two-Face focused and... uh, there, there. You want to talk about commitment and reshaping? Have you read this? I haven't read the the. I haven't read the newest one yet. Okay, they're changing his his origin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once again. Mm-hmm. And I, what, Mara? I'm just confused. Why Why would they change it? Is it because it's New Fifty Two? I I suppose. Yeah, you're talking about Harvey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Har- yeah, Harvey Harvey Two Face's uh, origin is changed in in this. Uh, I guess this tiny run. I guess there's one more issue. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's still the same idea. Yeah, just details that, that are different. The the delivery, uh, how he ends up the way yeah. he is, has changed. Yeah, and um, I think it. Uh, not to not for a, a pun, 
but it <laughs> it puts a it puts a face to his uh-huh. his well, to his pain and and to his uh basically his his origin mm-hmm. we now instead of it being a matter of circumstance we actually have someone someone to blame mm-hmm. and i while it's ra- to me it's kind of radically different from what we've been used to for so long but it's still compelling and it's still fun and i the person that does it to him I I I hate them, and I, I and that's great. Mm-hmm. Like that's fantastic because you're supposed to. And in both the characters featured in both issues, and they're a very very intriguing character. And I am I'm quite excited to see where uh, Peter J. Tomasi takes this new character and and shapes just how the story unfolds. Because now instead of being you know angry at circumstances. Two Face actually has like someone in mind mm-hmm. to 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 place his rage upon, and I think that that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, I caught up with that. Bob had mentioned right. So Bob and I have a lot of the same books. So if my books of the week seem short, is because we're sitting here. I'm sitting here with Bobby and Bob, and we all have like the same books sitting on the table. <laughs> so we're trying to bounce between each other. Uh, Red Sonia was wonderful. I I really really like it. Uh, X-Men number seven, I kind of feel the same way as uh, Bob a little bit, but I was definitely confused by the art. I felt like there were at least three characters that looked strikingly similar. I felt like I was reading a book that had the um, the three girls from uh, X-Men mm-hmm. and um, the, the Stafford sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Between uh, Monet and the, can I say Lady Deathstrike? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I was confused. I was really confused. She's on the cover, so you don't have to. <laughs> All right. I like her new look. Yeah, yeah. I love the new look. I think yeah. it's awesome. The whole uh, Dia de los Muertos yeah, thing yeah. is really Luchador. cool. Yeah. Really, really <laughs> cool. Um, it was fun. It was cool, but it was, uh, to me, it was confusing. I, I think if maybe if I had time to, to read it a second time, I would have enjoyed it more, but who knows. Uh, Young Avengers continues to be pretty awesome. Uh, I hear this is coming to an end. Soon, yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't know how I feel about uh, Loki's new set of circumstances and look. Mm-hmm. I'm a little put off by it, but hopefully it'll grow on me. But it's got me a little bit... I, I'm looking less forward to the new series. I was really super excited about it when I heard about it at Comic-Con. Moving into more of what he's a, what he his circumstances now, I'm not feeling it as much, but who knows? Maybe with time and maybe with a new series focused on him, that'll change. There's, I hope. There's a, a bomb dropped at the end of that, that yes. Avengers issue. Yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we won't speak no, of it. No, no, no. It's pretty crazy, though. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, let me see. It's in my pile. The Daredevil. Awesome stuff. So good. Yeah. Always good. How do you make out with the monsters? He's still, he's still with them. He's still chilling. It's good okay. stuff, though. Still chilling. <laughs> um, I will leave this it's one for stuff. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going here? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is that your book of the week? Well, um, it's one of the two. I mean, I've two All right. about. When, when Bobby gets to his thing, uh, where can <laughs> I go? All right, you know what? I'll just... <laughs> I am so confused. I will talk about Imagine Agents. Right. Uh, I praised Living Hell out of this book uh, about a month ago. It's from Boom Studios by uh, Brian Joynas, and Bachan is the artist. It's number two of four, so it's a limited series. I 
Gotta tell you, I wish that all four of these were out already. Uh, this book is absolutely wonderful. I know a lot of people that listen to the podcast ended up picking it up and enjoying it after they heard me rant and rave about it uh, last time. Just here to tell you that the book continues to be just super charming and uh, world building and funny as hell and action packed. It's got everything in it. It's got heart. It's it's got everything. I I really can't say enough good things about it. Uh, definitely goes the way of kind of like a Men in Black thing where there's this whole other world that people don't know about. But now that the the lines are kind of blurred between the imaginary. Uh, world and our world, things are starting to get out of control already. And I guess with only four issues uh, to your series that you kind of got to jumpstart those harrowing moments and get them going real soon. But uh, we're now starting to involve characters that I didn't think were going to be a big part of the story that I liked from the first issue that they're kind of being um, pulled into this this story. And it's just making it a lot more fun and it's super, for lack of a better word, it's super imaginative, and I absolutely love it. I strongly suggest that if you have the cash and you have the time uh, to check out uh, Imagine Agents from Boom Studios, it is wonderful. Awesome. I will awesome. pass the stick to you. All right. Well, I'm going to throw it to Mara, actually. Mara, why don't you give us your book of the week? Um, first off, I'm trying this new thing where I'm trade waiting, okay. and it sucks. <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm actually in the process of selling a lot of my single issues in order to buy the trades hmm. so that I can clear up some space in my two-bedroom apartment. That's a good idea. But one trade I did pick up was actually um, Ferris and All the Land, which is a self-contained single uh, storyline from Bill Willingham set in the Ferris universe. Mm-hmm. And it has so many artists working on it. Um, every few pages, it switches to a different story a different aspect of the story and a different artist. Um, Adam Hughes is in it, of course, Ming Doyle, uh, Mark Buckingham, um, Inaki Miranda, Christy Zulo. Uh, the, the graphic novel is actually um, told from the Magic Mirror's perspective. Hmm. And he's kind of helping the barleycorn women and the severed heads in the, the office um, – <laughs> sounds so strange yeah uh, solve a, a, a mystery a murder mystery yep and uh it's got some prose in it it's got lots of um different uh it's told mainly from cinderella's perspective as she's trying to fill in big v's shoes who i, I don't want to say anything because some people may not be reading the main series <laughs> um indisposed at the moment and it's great it takes place over um several days in the Fable universe. So it, it breaks up the story mostly by um, days of the week. So it's great. It's a, it's not a quick read, but it's worth it. Awesome. Awesome. So that's to t- me self-contained, right? That doesn't collect anything, right? No, does not collect anything. Awesome. Uh, also want to throw out that uh, Rachel rising 21 came out. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about this series, but every new issue is my favorite issue. <laughs> like it just, the next one comes out, I'm like, oh, this one's great, and then you know, I'm ready for the next issue. I'm like, this is the best issue yet. Next <laughs> issue, this is the best issue yet. So I, you know, I challenge you to find a series that makes you feel that way. 
where every issue just tops the other one and drop the mic humor yeah. Yeah. and creepiness and story. And I mean, it's the whole package for me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, and sex criminals. Yeah. We're definitely going to talk yeah, about we're that. Gonna get to that. Yeah. We're definitely going to talk about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, if we'll we can start talking, we can talk about it right now, actually, because is that the only last book you're going to talk about? Yes. Okay. So let's, let's talk about sex criminals. Um, number three, uh, right now, um, Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky, um, it's funny. I, I feel like it, I it's coming out every month, but I feel like it's coming out very fast. I feel like I'm getting, you know, I'm, every couple of weeks. I, did, I just got a new sex criminals in, in my hand there. But uh, issue three, uh, Mara, you're going to talk about it first. So what did you think? It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I have no, I have no other. I, I just I love the interaction between the reader and the characters in the book, and I think that's something that. Um, you know, breaking the fourth wall, we talk a, a lot about that, especially, you know, we were just talking about Harley Quinn and Deadpool, mm-hmm. but I think Sex Criminals does it perfectly, mm-hmm. where it's seamless and it's not trying too hard and it fits in within the whole story. Right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's it's part of the DNA of this young series at this point. It's been that way since the very first page of, of the first issue. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a similar. it feels a lot to me uh, like Hawkeye. In it, in its in its style and and in its its storytelling methods, um, in that there's a lot of things going on here, a lot of different timelines, a lot of different scenarios, and yet somehow uh, I'm never confused uh, by any of the things that are going on. I feel very oriented to to what's happening and when it's happening, and just in this issue, we finally kind of caught up with what happened was kind of going on at the beginning of the first issue. The timelines have kind of intersected with each other uh, a little bit more. Uh, and yet there are still some threads hanging back that we're still, we're, we're still learning about. Uh, and it, it, like, like Mara said, it, it's, it's hilarious. Um, there, there is, it, it does, it does something that it's, it's very fine line, right? Because there, it, it's funny of how real it is. That's why it's so funny to me because it's obvious that, uh, there's a section and there's a whole section in the book, a whole sequence in the book, which was supposed to have a song in it, uh, a licensed song, <laughs> and they couldn't get the rights Aww. to the song, but they'd already sent it to the printers, I believe, or whatever, when they when it came through that they weren't going to have the rights uh, to the song. So instead of the, <laughs> there being the song lyrics, there are these what look like yellow post-it notes over the bubbles, which is Fraction telling you what happened. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it's just, it's funny. It's the best. It's a very it's it's a very big scene in the book because it's kind of the moment where the the guy falls for the girl because she's doing something really silly and funny and and cool and and it's all overlaid by this very meta, very real thing where the author I- I- is talking to you. Uh, but uh, you know, there's a mystery going on here. Uh, I think both characters are. Uh, flawed, interesting people t- to read about, and we mentioned this in the first issue a little bit as well. But the the art, while it's not what you'd expect from a story called Sex Criminals, and that's you know a a heist, basically a heist story about people who, when they ejaculate, go into some sort of stasis world. Yeah. Uh, I-, I think it it measures out the content of the story perfectly. Because it never, it it never, it never borders on being grimy because of the way it looks. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. I feel like in that way, it perfectly mm-hmm. complements uh, what's happening. It's it's probably one of my favorite single issues of, of the year mm-hmm. so far, th- this issue uh, of Sex Criminals. Steve. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I had tears in my eyes uh, during the uh, while reading this issue. I have i'm reading it and you know you mentioned i'm glad that you mentioned the the song part because mm-hmm. i'm reading this and i'm really i'm very very heavily invested in sex criminals as a series uh it is absolutely i would I, god i hate saying this but it's probably my favorite thing on the shelves right now mm-hmm. like when it's coming out i i run home and i read it and no no issue has disappointed me yet and not only do I, I appreciate the writing and the art is just all the things that you just said about it. It it is so refreshing and and beautiful and you know it it takes the griminess and maybe the 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 uncomfortableness of the nature of the book and presents it in such a way that it's it's inviting. Um, but a lot of what the book is is going through the main characters their sexual histories. With one another, and of course, when you're reading about other people's sexual histories, you kind of think about your own. And so, I kind of go down, you know, memory lane a little bit, and remembering all the embarrassing shit that I've been through. And I, I want to, I identify with this book heavily, just because of of the way that it's put. That that's kind of, it's very comedic when you're reflecting back on it and your your inabilities to function or you're not knowing what to do or what's going on, the curiosity of all of it, all of that stuff is here in this book. And it's just put in such a unique fashion that I have a blast with it. Mm-hmm. And I was reading along with this book, and when we got to this this part with the with the song. And uh, Susie, they're having this, you know, this kind of in-depth conversation. And all of a sudden, the conversation just comes to a halt. And she goes, oh, shit. And I thought, I was like, oh, God. I'm like, what? What happened? <laughs> like, what are they? Like, the people that are after them yeah. in the series. Like, I'm like, are they there? Like, are they there in, like, the reality? Mm-hmm. Are, are they, like, walking around in every day? And she's like, it's my jam. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? And then all of a sudden, they blow into this huge musical number with people they're dancing there's yeah. lens flare yeah um the the posture and the the body movements i've seen girls do this before i've seen girls take a hairbrush or take a broom or a mop or whatever uh, my sister's friends girlfriends all kinds of stuff and just go off to their music i've i've done it in my own way with, with music behind closed doors and whatnot but um i've never I love music. Everybody knows that. It's it's my thing. I've only really been exposed to so much Queen in my life. I feel like the the Wayne's World soundtracks between <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody and um, what's that other song of theirs uh, that was featured on one of the soundtracks? I don't remember. All right. But then uh, Shaun of the Dead had one of their- Don't have, Stop Me Now. Don't Stop Me Now was mm-hmm. one of them. So I've probably heard about maybe three Queen songs in my entire life. Oh my God, that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a crime. Right? Oh my God. So <laughs> so reading Sex Criminals, and I'm like, Fat Bottom Girls. Yeah, it's I'm Fat like, Bottom Girls is the song that oh, she's yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, what is this song that she's freaking out about? That's so good. And so I go <laughs> onto YouTube, and I click Fat Bottom Girls, and just Freddie Mercury, that first line- where he lets out the O in the yeah. beginning, 
it is such a a beautiful, crisp, just like awe inspiring note that he hits his voice when he when he was that young mm-hmm. and he's like going off about yeah. the song and just it was like an awakening. I've I've only had a, a musical awakening like this a couple times in my life. The last time that something like this happened, it was the first time that I saw uh, the Talking Heads um, film or concert. Uh, Stop making sense. Mm-hmm. On my way to the first ATP that year, I somebody put it on in the car, and it was like a veil had been lifted <laughs> off of my off of my eyes, and I saw this band for the first time, even though I'd known about them my whole life. Mm-hmm. That's what happened because of Sex Criminals number three was I was re re reintroduced to Queen <laughs> and immediately went and got um there's like three volumes of their greatest oh, yeah. hits and I I made a playlist of mm-hmm. all three albums and clicked the little repeat thing mm-hmm. and for like four days <laughs> I just listened to Queen mm-hmm. and it was a blast. <laughs> and I've listened to Fat Bottom Girls probably around 20 or so times in the last like 48 hours it is such a rocking song and i can totally understand why Susie would flip out over it and again i just i can't praise this book enough i've loved it from the moment it's come out every time it hits the shelves i get giddy and i i can't wait for another one it's so good uh, and guys, do not sleep on reading the letters column at the back because it's all <laughs> sex advice. Oh, I'm totally gonna write one. Oh my god, it's amazing! <laughs> it's amazing. So first of all, they have all these like uh, sex tips at the top, uh, and, and they're ridiculous, right? So it's like sex tip: the butthole can be a great source of pleasure and poo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and so the people will ask questions, and some of them are very long. This guy, it's one story that's so long, but there, there are some where they just ask little questions. Um, and one of them was, Dear Letter Daddies, what is the most awkward food to eat off someone during sex from either experience or speculation? I think it's cottage cheese, not from experience. Thanks, uh, Rachel R. Uh, Matt says, flan, duh. And then Chip <laughs> says, Christmas dinner with all the trimmings, lovingly made by your mother who has one month left to live. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a winner. <laughs> uh, so a winner. it's full of that. And the, the letters column is long and it's great. Like, uh, the whole book back to front is is funny and wonderfully put together, and it's just it's just awesome. Uh, how many before I get to buy the trade? Um, is this four or is this four or six? Are you not Maybe. collecting this? Uh, no, I'm buying the trade. Yeah, it's probably Bob. it's probably six. I'm gonna guess. Usually, okay. Image does six. Well, yeah, so, Image is pretty good about putting out the trade as soon as possible. Right. Yeah, usually so the, the like one of the like the day the issue wait. comes out. Now, read the first two. Yeah. Haven't read this new one. Mm. Love both of them tremendously. And mm. The trade will be ten dollars. Yeah, it will be because it's image. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Handing my copy to Bob. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Marty, any, any final thoughts you want to share about sex criminals? Uh, loving it. <laughs> Don't let my mom know I'm reading it. Oh. <laughs> oh, and the back is funny too. The four mature readers. Duh, I don't want my kids learning about love from some dirty comical book. <laughs> my mom would probably love this. To be honest, uh, it's great. It seems to me. Like the most distilled down version of his personality put into a book that I've read from him yet. Uh, so it, it's 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 great, uh, and uh, it seems it's like I'm back to talk about any other book after that. But I would do want to mention Uncanny X Men uh, number fourteen uh, really quickly. Uh, it's interesting for me these this and all the all new have seemed to go back and forth for me about which one I, I like more. This issue has got to be one of my favorites of either one uh, so far. It it focuses on. Uh, the one of the new characters, Benjamin Deeds, who is is the character. His power is that he can uh, uh, basically he can turn he can look 
He can morph into someone who's close to him. Mm-hmm. He can start looking like them, sounding like them, acting like them. Uh, and this book is all about how he is not fitting in with the X-Men. His power is not active. His power is not a, a offensive power. So he's finding it very difficult to uh, feel worthy of being around them. And, you know, uh, you know, Scott's on his ass about, about training and, you know, being strong and you can't just rely on your powers. And he's very frustrated. And this is, it's just all about Emma coming to him and being like, I think that you have more to offer than you think you do. And, and taking him and kind of unlocking the potential of his power. Yeah. Uh, and, kind of turns into like a heist story over a while, but it's really about, uh, you know, a kid learning to uh, appreciate and be proud of who he is, which, which is what the X-Men are all about in general, right? But this, this power, which is not offensive power, but if just because on the surface you can't shoot laser beams out of your eyes or mm-hmm. stop time or punch someone through a wall it doesn't mean you don't have something very, very vital to offer the world and, and, and the team right. in, in general. Yeah. Steve. No, I, no when yeah. you're done, I'll, I'll pop. Um, so I, I, it really hit me really hard as far as, uh, standing out uh, among a lot of, of these issues. And it's funny cause it reminds me of when we were talking about that, um, what the, that, uh, that the, uh, the, uh, Marvel, what, what the, what? What now? What now? Now what or whatever oh, it was, yeah, yeah. and how they're talking about oh we we write all these long involved stories and you like the ones where they go to you know they go to the picnic or whatever <laughs> yeah. and this is what it reminds me I mean there's there's the stuff that happens here but the overall plot of what's happening with the Uncanny X Men and where Scott's going from here and all uh, and the the all new, and and the original X Men being with them now all that stuff is not really addressed in this book it's just focused on this character and what he's doing and I and I think it's one of the strongest issues of the entire run. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree, and uh, I just wanted—I'm glad that we have uh, Mara here actually, because I could maybe she can chime in on this. But uh, what a cool uh, power set! Yeah, like what a unique uh, thing. Because I've—I mean, I—we've I, seen shapeshifters before, mm. but never with this kind of spin on it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me because it kind of taps into just human nature and kind of how we. Not only how we interact, but how we relate to people, because one of the things that they say when you're trying to get to know someone or you're trying to introduce yourself to somebody that the way to make someone feel comfortable with you is to relate to them as best you can Mm -hmm. and by mimicking as well. So mimicking a person's gestures, Mm -hmm. tone of voice, even the way that you look, that if a person sees things that are familiar to them it sends almost like a like a subconscious message to their brains to trust you. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what his power set is built off of. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think that that's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, Mara, are you reading on Kenny X-Men? Actually, I, I did read this issue. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, you know, his power set, like you were saying, like relating to people. I mean, that whole mimicking and kind of mirroring people's uh, gestures used a lot in counseling as far as uh, kind of meeting the client where they're at. Um, and so it made perfect sense. And I never thought of it as a, like a mutant power or something that not everyone kind of thought of or tried to do on a daily basis. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I might be a mutant. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, and there's also the, the, the scene with Emma and him mm-hmm. it's like ridiculously sexually charged like from her from her end you know you can like feel it 
Yeah. Uh, and then it gets completely diffused by one line, which I think is very funny. <laughs> uh, but it was amazing to... to you could feel it's inanimate object. This first, this drawing on the page, I could feel the aggressiveness and the power coming off of that character just yeah. on the page. And the, yeah. the, 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 um, Pachalo art is freaking gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a particularly awesome issue yeah. of uncanny, but my, I have one question though. You see him kind of shifting or morphing as he's interacting with these people that I'm, I'm confused as to, does he have kind of like a like a veil over him that they can't see that change? Do they only see what he changes into, or do they see him walking into the room as someone else? And as he's sitting down, it's he's kind of like morphing over into something more familiar for them. I wonder if they can see that change visually, or if they're just so kind of entranced by his presence that they don't notice it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a combination. I think that they, when they mention the issue is there's a little bit of like a like a pheromone or something that he puts off that makes people feel at ease. Ah. And and I also think that it's the transition is probably slow, you know, so there's doing it in a way that it's not all of a sudden I look one way and I'm, I look the other way. Right. Um I mean in the book obviously we see it as quick because it has to go illustration illustration, yeah. but yeah. uh yeah, no, it, it was really cool. And I just realized I'm looking at Emma's wearing a Punisher shirt yep <laughs> which i didn't even notice until <laughs> looking at it this, this other time um which is pretty funny uh but yeah it was it was a really great issue really really great issue uh so very very happy with that two really great books uh those are the kind of the two of the last books that i read uh over the weekend it was it was awesome to, to finish off the pile awesome uh, that way all right so we're gonna take a little bit of break guys and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about what we're thankful for in comics back and with thanksgiving uh, upon us i thought we'd sit down and we'd talk about the things that we're thankful for uh in the world of comic books um very positive and i also we put out the call on twitter and facebook and we got some responses from some fans so we're going to um read those off as well um (laughs) yeah uh so we're, i'm excited to talk about this because we're you know, very positive it's gonna be very a very happy uh, happy thing uh mara why don't you start us out give us one of the things you're thankful for right now good um i'm actually thankful for a person okay. in the comic book industry um she's a friend of the show kelly sue DeConnick, nice and i have been just thrilled with everything she's touched <laughs> uh i follow her on tumblr and I just love the way she interacts with all these men and women who are part of the Carol Corps. Mm-hmm. And they, she, she loves just fangirling with them. And she reblogs any type of outreach they need. She's quick to uh, compliment people on their, their cosplay. Um, she answers questions about the character, answer questions about comic writing. Um, you know, she's been on the show and she's been wonderful to listen to uh and then pretty deadly coming out this year mm-hmm. uh i think that in comic industry it's really easy to see these male comic writers who are very prolific and um these they're like um of course like scott snyder jeff johns 
all these people who are writing everything. And then you have on the female side, like Gail Simone, um, who's had this very prolific comic writing career. And I think Kelly Sue DeConnick is working her way up to uh, Gail's level. And I'm very excited to be reading her. I'm very excited to be uh, following her on Twitter and Tumblr and everywhere I can. So Cool. Cool. I That's mean, what I'm thankful. Amen. Yeah, Bob, you want to follow I already, up? Do it, well, no, add your two cents. I made the little check mark at the bottom cents. of my page. No, I will restrict <laughs> this because I I do this a lot. But I agree with everything you say, Mara. What Steve and I witnessed at the Comic Con mm-hmm. in person to watch her not work the line the way you do to try to sell a used car or something. She was genuinely invested in these people's stories was overcome with emotion at some of them uh, to one point where she said this girl you're ruining my eyeliner <laughs> it is just it's just a, a pleasure to watch the, the ascendancy as as you know someone who just started and is now becoming as you say the, maybe the next Gail Simone that's someone who you can read her stuff for the next decade two decades as long as she wants to do it I'll be there reading it awesome mm-hmm. yeah awesome uh, Steve what are you thankful for um, one of the first things on my invisible list that I'm thankful for in comics, uh, I would actually say first and foremost, uh, aside from stuff related to talking comics on the show, which I'll get to later, uh, but I'm actually thankful for New York City Comic Con. Um, I'm thankful New York City Comic Con not only because last year, Saturday night of last year, I met my lovely and beautiful girlfriend uh, who has given me this past year an ex- exceptional amount of of happiness and all of that uh you know lovey-dovey fluffy stuff but uh in addition to that new york comic-con kind of showed me just how real all of this comic book stuff is and i i love the collective i love the mind like the the hive mind of New York City Comic Con, not only the opportunities that it's given us as press and as fans, uh, people we've met, friendships that we've formed, people we've gotten to interview, fans we've gotten to meet, especially meeting some of the fans. I mean, some of the people that came to the the Beer Authority and, uh, of course, Ryan Carroll, who's one of the most exceptional human beings I've ever had the pleasure to meet. He's just a a wonderful uh, young man. Uh, who gives me hope for 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 the future? Um, I just I'm I'm so glad that we get something like that uh, once a year, and it's been not only has it been a lot of work, but it's been a, a huge huge party and just a, a joy and a, the the most the the most fun I've ever had being in the throes of exhaustion. And, and and madness and sleep deprivation and all the things <laughs> that come with it uh i wouldn't i wouldn't give any of i would give all of it again and again and again to go every year and just create more memories at the javits and at that place and at that event um it is just it's it's showed me a whole other not a whole another way of life but just it what we do and what we dedicate ourselves to every day. And then we do this show every week. It's our payoff for all of the stuff. I mean, we don't do this for money, but Comic-Con us being, you know, invited there and, and stuff is kind of our reward uh, for doing this all year long. And it is not 
disappointed me that some of the best days of my life, especially in the in the last couple of years, have been at Comic-Con. So that's one of the things that I'm definitely thankful for. One day our reward will not have to be us working really, 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 really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one day I'll be like, we get a party. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have we'll, to work that. We'll yeah, get there. We'll, we'll that. get there. We will get there. <laughs> um, so, uh, and, th- and this kind of uh, same line, and I'm sure a lot of people echo this same uh, sentiment. Um, one of the things, I'm, one of the things I'm most thankful for in uh, comics is also a person, uh, not a creator though. It is uh, Rob Newmeyer who works at Tor Comics, absolutely, and mm-hmm. is kind of uh, a, a great friend uh, to the show and to us personally. Uh, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in your entire life, and one of the most giving, generous people I have ever uh, encountered. Um, uh, just a, a great guy uh, and really smart about comics and about uh, turning people on, including us, to, to, to new books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he really doesn't go wrong. He He is the kind of, you know... He's a friend, but in the retail space, he's the kind of retailer who gets to know his customers and knows the things that he should recommend to them and the things that he shouldn't. Uh, and I wish that everybody who was a part of this hobby and bought comics on a regular basis had someone like him uh, to not only help them buy the books, but to enhance their love of the medium, which he has, I think, definitely for me uh, in the years that we've known him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean one of the one of the things about uh mm-hmm. Rob that I uh that I absolutely love is uh he has this habit of not only does he he embraces every customer, people that that come through the door and we got we got some characters in <laughs> yeah. in the shop, you know, we got a a couple of new people, but he approaches every one of them fairly and you don't you don't like like level ground kind of stuff that you don't always get that from shops. I mean, we've heard horror stories of people either being mistreated or people feeling uncomfortable, uh, females in particular. Uh, I've never seen anyone walk into that shop and he not take the time, stop whatever it is he's doing. You know, everybody's got to wait. There's a new customer and they need to be addressed and they need to be helped and they need to you know, we want to welcome them into the shop, into comics. And even if they're already into comics, let's find them what they need and maybe get them into something else and Mm -hmm. make them happy before they leave. Yeah. Uh, Always looking to help people out, always looking to to strike some kind of a deal. He'll move things around so that you can go home with something that you love. And he just, he knows, like he's got this spidey sense kind (laughs) of about him that he he knows what people love and he's really good at predicting books for people mm. and he'll hand you something and he'll just silently he'll just hand it to you and he'll pat it mm. and it'll be like mm. just like a <laughs> nod and like yeah are you sure he's like you're gonna want that and I bring it home and lo and behold I'm I'm raving about it on the next podcast mm. i.e. like Imagine Agents stuff yeah. like that where he handed mm. that to me I would have never picked that up mm-hmm. and he's like this is you. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? He's like, don't worry about it. Just, it's you. And I said, okay. <laughs> and he, he's been right every time. And, you know, I've, I've known him for the, about two years plus, welcomed me into his family, into his home, has fed me, has mm-hmm. comforted me in, in terrible times. And he's just, uh, he's, he's what a lot of, a lot of, stores should strive to have their mm-hmm. their employees and their people be like yeah and he's a fucking awesome cook 
Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, ridiculous. God. I'm still tasting <laughs> the good a the fried pickles that he made yeah, that night. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tasted like grilled cheese. Yeah, he's great. He's pulled a great pork. Cook. Yeah. Oh God. The pulled pork. He's a great cook. Yeah. Awesome guy. Um, and one of the best things about doing this, every you know, going to shop every week, being part of this hobby in this world, is is getting to interact with him. So, uh, Rob. All right. So there we go. So Bob, let's. What about you? Sure, we doing we'll do show stuff at the end, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah, bigger, yeah, yeah, the yeah. bigger, yeah, yeah, mushy moments let's, and yeah, whatever. Let's not get too mushy before. Okay, so more into the industry part of this. For me, something I'm thankful for. It's just the growing numbers and emerging voice of female fans and creators. Mm-hmm. Where it seems that maybe there's a change in the air at last, finally, mm-hmm. through the indie books. But even the mainstream publishers are beginning to understand there's somebody else out there besides mm-hmm. just the people that Alan Moore is talking about. (laughs) And you go to a con and see all of it happening and see that they had 40-something percent female guests at the New York City Comic Con. Mm. Just really special to see, and I'm I'm hopeful for the future now. Yeah, that was one of the things I read here on as well, that I feel like the industry (laughs) is shifting. And I feel like a couple of years ago when we first started this, we were constantly talking about it, and it felt like you know um, we were ramming our heads against the wall and kind of saying like, we just if this can break through, if this can happen, if this could happen, if, if all of these things can put together, and it seems like those things are starting to fall into place, and it seems like um, that the whole industry is taking on that same attitude, uh, and it's more and more seeming like the people who are the the jerks and are the the people who put people down for being not the typical uh, or stereotypical comic yeah. book fan are being pushed out, are being marginalized themselves. Yeah. And are you know beginning to be shunned by the the people that you know used to maybe either quietly agree with them or you know stand them you know in, when they would say these things now they're not even being said anymore now those opinions are becoming uh, unacceptable and that's that's great absolutely yeah mm-hmm. yeah Mara what are you thankful for or do you want you want to chime in on that too I'm sorry we, we don't want to railroad you um I. As someone who's part of the marginalized or previously marginalized group, mm-hmm. I, I'm i happy with the shift and where it's going. I feel like my opinions and hobbies are finally becoming more and more validated. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing, as someone who works with kids, I'm seeing more small, young male children more accepting of my role as a geek woman. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> I've had multiple kids where we'll talk about Pokemon forever <laughs> and then never get to the, like what we're supposed to be doing <laughs> or talk about Dr. Who and, you know, talk about Batman and things like that. And no, none of them ever question like, but you're a girl. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about this um, next generation of geeks mm-hmm. where they're, they're growing up in this world where it's more acceptable and even um, more of the norm to have fun hobbies or, you know, watch all the Batman movies. So right. I'm, I think it's going to be easier. Yeah. So I'm excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's funny, piggybacking of that, one of the things I wrote down was, I'm thankful for all of these people and children growing up who I'm thankful they don't know how good they have it right now. I'm happy ah. for these people who, they just oh, live in a world where all of this stuff is available to them, accepted, hugely popular. They don't have to scrape the bottom of the barrel hoping that, you know, the next superhero movie won't be horrible. You know, be steel. And yeah, now they're you know, it's just gradations of which one is going to be the best. Um, you know, 
they now the, the people who used to get made fun of or beat up because they liked Doctor Who or they liked Pokemon or they liked uh, you know comic books. They're reading comic books, you know, during recess. Now those people are that's it's it's shifted. It's completely the opposite now, and I, I think it's awesome that these don't have to go through that like. The, the, that hazing or that 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 trial period where they come out and later on they become the because pe- that leads people later on in life being the ones who get angry when a pretty girl has a you know a Spider-Man t-shirt on yeah. and calls her a you know a poser and calls her fake hmm. that that comes out of being angry and be, and, and and feel and, and having a shitty shitty time when they were younger you know hmm. that's where a lot of that's born out of and as that stuff changes all of the all that stuff will continue to change they're all wrapped up you know with one another um, so yeah, Steve, what are you thankful for? Uh, this might sound a little strange, but, uh, if, uh, when I explain it, maybe it won't. Uh, I'm kind of thankful for social media. Okay. It is both a gift and a curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thankful for it for websites like Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr and things of that nature, uh, Instagram, all of that stuff. Uh, as frustrating as it can be and as much as people can be attacked, there is also just a tremendous tremendous community of people i mean it's worldwide it's gigantic that social media has not only allowed fans to connect with fans and people to find friends and identify with people all around the world but it's also provided us a way of interacting with creators and with people in the business and quite frankly with heroes personal heroes whether you love their art whether you love their writing whether they inspire you people like kelly sudaconic matt fraction scott snyder and everyone all the way down to to the to the person who's drawing their first comic um things like kickstarter where original content and huge cool bonuses are happening and books that would publishers would never take a chance would never see the light of day that these books are showing up on these sites and people are backing them and i mean some of these some of these kickstarters um ben temple smith threw up one for 44 flood uh called the squitter that thing within two hours blew past its its you know goal and then some double tripled whatever the the power behind the comic book community and people that believe in the medium and believe in art, they're all there on social media. And yeah, you're going to run into an asshole every now and again, and somebody's going to put you down for your opinion and tell you you're wrong. But for every person that you find that's like that, you're going to find a 100,000 people that either agree with you or not necessarily agree with you, but have something of substance to add to your opinion or to add to the story and contribute and actually make you think about the way that you feel about these things. And quite frankly, without social media, we wouldn't be where we are today with stuff and our our fans and everybody sharing our stuff Mm -hmm. and uh, other websites picking us up and and printing our stories and giving us mentions and things like that. Uh, Because of the technology and because of the way that the world is now, comics and people like us and websites like us, everybody stands a fair chance of making their mark in the industry. We might not be creating comics, but we certainly are lending to them and we're lending to their their popularity and their sales and we're helping those great books become greater. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's awesome. Absolutely. Bob? Oh, I thought it was your turn. No. I would 
say that I am thankful for the Man of Steel. <laughs> oh, boy. Seriously, it started so many conversations mm-hmm. with people mm-hmm. that were fascinating. I learned something. They learned something. Mm-hmm. There was yelling and screaming. There mm-hmm. was drinking. <laughs> there was all sorts of stuff about this that got into the broader issues of mm-hmm. what heroics were mm-hmm. and are, where it could be, where the industry is. And there were very nice people involved in very heated discussions. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong about that. No, absolutely Even not. Even if they were wrong for liking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um. I, I love it. <laughs> All right. As he checks it off. Yeah, <laughs> Mara, what are you thankful for? Um, well, I just got notification today from my comic dealer. Um, he told me that there's a new Bishoujo statue of Spider-Woman coming out. And so that got me thinking, like, how excited I've been this whole year buying those stupid statues of all the Marvel ladies I can get my hands on. Um, later this year, I believe next month, actually, um, there's an Uncanny X-Force version of Psylocke coming out. Nice. Do you guys know what those Bishoujo statues are? I don't, know. I do. Are you aware? Mm. Okay. Mm. They're basically the most adorable, sexy versions of superheroes done in like a Japanese anime mangi style. So these cute women and they've got like cute little pointy noses and big eyes and hypersexualized and it's stupid and I love it and I want them all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in the past few months, they've announced a lot of great um, statues coming out. There's a Mara Jade one. From the Star Wars um, expanded universe, yeah, the Spider really Woman that's cool. been announced already. Um, they've shown the sketches for Jubilee and Starfire, um, Starfire from DC, mm-hmm. and uh, one for Black Canary as well. So I don't have pets and I don't have children, so I feel justified in spending on <laughs> statues, and I'm thankful <laughs> for having the ability to rationalize that. <laughs> Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, we need pictures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you guys some. <laughs> Good. So uh, I am thankful uh, for Image Comics putting out uh, consistently creative and challenging books. I might not read them all. I'm, they might not all be my cup of tea. Uh, I might, And I might not like them all, but... I am truly grateful that they continue to put them out and they exist mm-hmm. because all it does is it continue to broaden the market and, and, and create and fill in gaps uh, that the other, that the big two publishers uh, don't uh, do not fill at all. Um, and it, we've seen that these past couple months have been a ridiculous uh, embarrassment of riches uh, from them <clears throat> velvet and pretty deadly and, and sex criminals and, um, Black Science comes out uh, th- this week, Hell which yeah, looks freaking amazing, and it's been it's been crazy, you know. And even books like the the Todd, the ugliest kid in the world, that and, books and, awesome, and all the books which I've never even touched, but I, to hear people talking about them in the shop and the reactions they get, and and the, they've all kind of seemed to find uh, their their audience and and, the, and their niche. I, I love that they exist, and I love mm-hmm. that even though a lot of them don't sell incredibly amount that. They keep getting image keeps putting them out. So mm-hmm. well, yeah. I'll, I'd like to amplify yeah. on that because I made a little note to myself. Mm-hmm. Just the indies in general, yeah. image in particular, yeah. but yeah, all these companies have mostly decided, even though they'll do superheroes, mm-hmm. 
to not try to be the junior version of the big two. Right. They've all wanted to push the envelope. Mm. Let's try something crazy. And if it sells 6,000, mm. great. 6,000 right. is perfect on a yeah. creator-owned book. They don't seem to care. We'll try westerns and science fiction and horror and mm -hmm. drama and romance and screwy, loopy sex criminal books and <laughs> you name it. Just take a chance. And that's the way the industry worked in the 30s. Superheroes were the chance. Mm -hmm. And in the 60s, it went all superheroes and they, we forgot all other stuff for a long yeah. time. And they've decided, here's our market and we may, we may never get to 15%. Mm -hmm. Mm. Doesn't matter. Yeah, carve it out, make some money, tell some great stories, have lovely relations with these creators who mm -hmm. decide to keep coming back and trying yeah. and trying and trying. Got to got to put some support behind these. Yeah, indies. absolutely. I mean, without that, I mean, look, someone your favorite creators of all time, right? John Byrne. All he does is make indie books now. Right, IDW. It's, yeah. it's a place that it's that's the place where he gets to make books now. And without them, they wouldn't it wouldn't exist. So that's mm -hmm. fantastic that 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 that's there. Uh, Steve, what are you thankful for? Uh, well, really quick to just piggyback off mm -hmm. of that, I want to say that I am super, super happy that Vertigo is still with us. Yeah. Uh, there was a time uh, a little while back when we didn't know what was going on. There was quite a bit of shakeups. People were leaving. We weren't sure if the imprint was coming or going. And now they seem to not only be sticking around, but I mean they're pumping out titles. Mm -hmm. They've they've Coffin Hill, uh, Hinterkent, and just. Sandman, mm -hmm. you know, Sandman's back, regardless of it taking its time, it's <laughs> it's back and it's mm -hmm. beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, the Witching Hour, mm -hmm. just so glad that that didn't go away because I felt, even though I could always go back, I felt like that was a, a label or an imprint that I had yet to really tap into. Uh, along with Dark Horse as well, but um, I'm just so happy that it's sticking around. And even though I'm not entirely over the moon for some of the newer stuff i thought that they would grab me a little bit more than they have it's still only just the first few issues i want to see how how things develop mm -hmm. and you know we'll go from there right but um one of the things that i'm i'm thankful for actually are comic book films and movies mm -hmm. and we talked about this quite a bit actually so i won't go on and on when thor 2 uh was released that the films have given Every, everybody that loves movies has these movies have made millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, some in the billions. And it's just so awesome that so many people are being exposed to these heroes in, in whatever, you know, incarnation they may be. Uh, I'm so psyched that I, I get a phone call from my mom the other day and she goes, you know, what are you doing Friday night and I said I, I don't know I don't have any plans yet she's like well I want to watch Thor <laughs> and I'm like but uh, okay <laughs> all right uh I'll grab a bottle of wine and mm -hmm. I'll bring my blu-ray over mm -hmm. and we'll watch Thor mm -hmm. together that would not have happened mm -hmm. a couple of years ago at all and it's everywhere I go to Canada and I I meet my girlfriend's friends who are our parents and they have small children. And all of a sudden, they all love superheroes. And they, I've, I've gotten to do drawings for these kids, and I hand them. And they send me pictures back with them holding them and putting them in frames and putting them up in their bedrooms. And it just it warms my heart because it's given me an in with, you know, not only her friends, but their children that they're so close to their hearts and, and all of that stuff that I've 
had a way of getting in really good and striking up conversations where when I'm within a large group of people, and you guys know this, sometimes even with my own friends where I'm, I get very quiet and sometimes there are long periods of time where I don't know what to say or what to do. But with comic book films, so many people not only have seen them, but they love them. And I can bring that up. I went to a, a birthday party. Um, God, that sounds so juvenile. I went to a birthday celebration uh, a co- about That's two too weeks. Too posh. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks back. Oh, we had we had mylar balloons tied mm-hmm. to a chair in the middle of uh, Wild Wings, Buffalo Wild, mm-hmm. whatever the hell the place is called. But I sat at the table. I had to have been there for about forty-five minutes without really saying anything to anyone. I was sitting at the head of the table, kind of in my own world. And then somebody brought up Batman. And so immediately I jumped on it because it was mm-hmm. something that I could actually, I could contribute. And for the next hour, I was almost the only voice at that end of the table talking to about four different people about superheroes and about comics and about you know us talking comics and what we do. And everybody was all of a sudden fascinated with not only you know the the films and stuff, but with me. And I actually had a really good time and I had something to talk with them about. And I just, I love that the movies have bridged the gap that for the people that you might not go to the comic book store and make that, take that extra step into buying the comics, but you loved Captain America. You loved Avengers. Mm -hmm. You love Loki. You only know him because he's in the Thor movies and in the Avengers, but you love Tom Hiddleston as Loki, and mm. you and I can talk about it for 20 minutes, and mm. it won't be awkward for either one of us. Right. That helps me because off mic and off air, I'm an awkward person, and comics have helped me talk to people and kind of come out of my shell socially quite a bit over the last two years, and I am will be eternally thankful for that every year because that's a huge, huge step for me. Mm. And uh, mm. yeah. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. I think Mara. Mara. Mara, what are you thankful for? Uh, I have one more big thing I'm thankful for this year. Uh, as you guys may know or may not know, I live in central Arkansas, which is not necessarily the hub of uh, comics at all. <laughs> and I, I love my local library because they got a grant. And with that grant, they decided to put on their own Comic-Con. Oh, wow. It awesome. was, yeah, this year was the second year they did it. The first year, um, it was huge success. Like, they turned our public library into a Comic-Con. They had vendors. They nice. had um, a few. Uh, Jacob Chabot was there and John Lucas. I mean, just, like, p- smaller names, but still people who were into the industry. And this year, they got Eric Larson to come in. Wow. From that. Uh, yeah. 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 And uh, we Skyped with, um, what's his name, Michael Uslan, the producer of the Batman movies. Oh, yeah. Wow. So they they put a lot more effort into it. But it was so great because it's not like, you know, I've I've been to San Diego Comic-Con this year as well. But I just love my teeny tiny little local con because all these people come out of the woodwork that have been living there forever. Mm -hmm. They get out their Doctor Who shirts. They (laughs) uh, run around and and play and scream and just have fun. And I just love how this small convention, Comic Conway, caters to youth. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a kid's cosplay contest. They have um, 
all day long activities going on for kids. Like um, I think Jacob Chabot did a uh, had a draw session with all the kids that were there. They just go in and you know talk with them. They had a uh, comics for kids panel. Um, I can't remember who was on. I think the the man who does G Man um, that series he was on it as well. And kids were just asking questions like it was no big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, later um, in the few days later, uh, I can't I you know I. I all these names escaped me, but somebody had posted a series of drawings that a kid did with him during the con. And the kid was talking about her new best friends that she made at the convention. She was drawing pictures and trading sketches and ideas. And this kid's like six years old talking to Eric Larson <laughs> and um, all these other comic creators. And it, it was, it's really fun. And for a small convention, you know, it's, it was great. That's awesome. That's really, really great. Awesome. Um, I think you're gonna you're gonna beat us. So I don't know how we can get we can go more than that. But um, <laughs> good one, Mara. Very good. That's that's great. Um, uh, so I'll follow it up. Um, this is not uh, this is gonna seem uh, tangential uh, to to the site, but and to comics in general. But uh, I talked about it a couple times uh, um, the site Giant Bomb, which is a video game site, but which is a, a huge inspiration uh, for. Uh, me starting this site and what, the way we kind of do things here and the, the podcast and all these other things. So um, I, I am extremely thankful for them. Uh, it's been great. I mean, it's superficially the, in the last couple of weeks with these new console launches, they, they did an eight hour live stream for each of the console launches where they just went through everything, the, the, the UI, like they played every game. Um, and, and there's just some magical moments where in, in the Xbox stream, they um, bring up, so they're, they're, they bring up the Twitch app of their stream, and so now it's a stream inside a stream, and then it just infinitely keeps going because oh, it's no. a couple seconds behind on each one. And it was just – I couldn't stop laughing. Um, but the, the way they pr- conduct business and the way that uh, they put personalities first and the community they fostered uh, ha- has just been um, amazing and an inspiration. It's I constantly strive for uh, for talking comics and – uh, even more so this year, because uh, uh, obviously they had a huge loss. One of their founding members uh, passed away. Um, you know, a young guy who's like 34 years old, and uh, it was the way that they persevered and, and came together and and still continued to do their thing, kind of in honor of him, has been just an amazing thing. And, and it's every time you know I. I think like, oh, we're doing a good job. I look at the stuff they do, and I'm like, nope, gotta gotta be better. So I'm thankful for them because without them, I don't know if the site would be where it is right now. So there we go. Wow, there we go. Giant bomb. Thankful. All right, <laughs> Bob. I don't know how I follow that either. So okay, I'll go back to something kid oriented. I'm thankful that Bat Kid and the city of San Francisco not only made the news yes. but just went everywhere around the world three times and sideways to show sort of what our community can be about. Mm-hmm. Every creator in comics everywhere retweeted this and yeah. put it out there and just talked about this. It's just a beautiful, touching, wonderful moment that mm-hmm. reminds us that not everyone's a creep. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are really, really more good people than bad, mm-hmm. and we tend to forget it in the, the newest dopey celebrity drunkenness news mm-hmm. or terrible news from around the world of people doing horrible things to each other there are really great people and that little boy 
and the people of San Francisco, boy, that just cemented it for me for the whole year. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, the, the Christian Bale did an interview and he talked about it, and it w- it was for an actor who's so surly a, um, a lot of the time. You know, to hear him talk about uh, the the character and and, and the way that it influ- that the, the symbol the symbolism of the character. You realize that he he does understand and he loves it, you know, and that 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 kid brought that out that 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 side of him out mm-hmm. very very strongly in, in that interview, which I thought was great. Um, cool, Steve, what are you thankful for, sir? All I got left is mushy stuff. Okay. <laughs> so do we want to get to the mushy stuff? I've got two not mushy things. To talk All right, about. why don't you why don't yeah. you come back to okay. me because I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm okay. gonna bring yeah, some I've tears. Got, yeah, I've got mushy later too. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll do the non mushy. Yeah, do non mushy. Uh, I'm thankful uh, for finally being a full time X Men reader. Uh, my my wallet mm-hmm. isn't psyched about it. <laughs> I'm spending a lot of money uh, on books with X Men in the title, but uh, it's great. I'm, I've always liked the X Men. I was a huge fan of that cartoon when I was a kid, and that, and and this is the first time I've really been in the universe, reading all the books, up on everything, uh, involved in all those characters in any sort of meaningful way. And I'm just I'm super psyched that 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 I'm there and that I've been enjoying the books as much as I have in, in that universe. And of course, I'm very thankful for Daredevil. Because I just love that book so, 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 so much. Um, Mauro, what about you? Anything else? Uh, I think it's time for you guys to move on to your mushy stuff. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Bob, why don't you start us out? Okay. Mushy? We're doing mushy. We'll go mushy. Anything else not mushy you want to mention before? Well, quickly, just I'd like to thank Marvel for not rebooting, or at (laughs) least not as of yet, because that would be a killer. But more particularly, I'm thankful for the huge lineup of diverse launches that are coming in february march all across the spectrum of tone and tenor lots of female characters characters of color characters in space they're going a little bit nutty with stuff and Mm -hmm. i really do appreciate that they're doing that and i'd also like to shout out for dc for keeping some books going that you didn't think and Mm -hmm. certainly bring vertigo back i was going to mention that myself yep we thought that was a line that was dead, and that was really always a great showcase for new artists and new ideas. And look, they're keeping the movement going, selling <laughs> 8,000 copies, <laughs> and it's important. Mm-hmm. It's an important book for, for their line to be more diverse than it had been, and perhaps they're seeing the change in the demographics, mm-hmm. and it's important to keep that going. So kudos to them. Awesome. Yeah, I have. All right, I got a non a non okay. to, to okay. piggyback off uh, of Bob's. Um, I love Marvel and I love Image and everything, but uh, I want to speak highly on on DC for a moment. I mean, not only was DC pretty much responsible for being part, at least part of the inspiration for Bobby starting uh, talking comics with the the New Fifty Two and everything, but uh, and I have said in the past, like, oh, it's you know, it's dark and it's mm. this and it's that, but. I there are times when I'm in the mood for that mm. and when I love that and I've noticed something more and more each week uh, especially when like I sit down to read Batman or I sit down to read Aquaman or you know whatever that I usually save like I, I lump all my DC books together mm-hmm. like I put them in a pile and I, I when I want to go to that world it's awesome Mm -hmm. and once i pick up one issue like i started reading the the batman end dot 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 and i was like god i i didn't even realize how much i was in the mood for a batman book Mm -hmm. and i sat down i was like yeah and i read the next one i was like yes and then i caught up with aquaman and then i you know i brought out this that and the other thing suicide squad caught up with that 
that I was really like really digging it for about two hours. I was totally entrenched in DC and that, you know, that world that people sometimes harp on me like, Oh, you know, you're so negative. I, I, sometimes I am, but there are a lot of times in my own private time when I'm not. And I absolutely positively love DC and they've Mm -hmm. given me some incredible stories. And when I get in the mood for them, there's nothing like it. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. So thank you for giving me just as much as, Marvel's giving diversity. DC also has a diversity all of its own that it's a whole other world that I love to get involved in from time to time. All right. Awesome. All right, Bob. Mushy. 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 I am so thankful for this thing we do here on, on a weekly basis. My life is much different for this. And I do thank you for that, Bobby. <coughs> Uh, Sorry. So, no, 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 there's no crying in comics. <laughs> I'm not crying. I'm okay. just coughing. Just coughing. <laughs> So certainly to, to my co-host, to Bobby, to Steve, and to Stephanie, all the creators who willingly gave their time to us during the year and gave us a chance to interact that way, our amazing contributors uh, and our friends we've made from this show who found a way to be more than just someone who works together, that we share letters and, and moments or whatever. And I do want to mention one in particular. Uh, we have a listener in England, Sarah, mm-hmm. who's had her own sort of tough year. Yeah. And in the midst of all that, she's found a way through all that to f- boost my confidence in my own stuff. I've had my own little problems this year. And she's been there a gazillion times. So to Sarah, thank you very much. And to all you guys, the same. Thank you, Bob. No. Steve. Very nice, Bob. Thank you. Oh, boy. All right. Here I go. Um... First person that I, I want to thank actually is Bobby, and he's sitting right across from me. So this is going to get really awkward as I stare into his eyes. Um, Bobby didn't really know me a whole hell of a lot when we when I basically approached him about being a part of Talking Comics. He asked me, basically put the word out like, "Does anybody know anybody?" And I spoke up, and just by one way or another, I wound up being a part of this. I was not a comic book person. I was a, a, a very minimal casual comic book reader. Batman was my thing and a couple of indies and that was it. Uh, he invited me to be a part of this and I had no idea just how how far we were going to take it, how far it's going to go, anything. I didn't know what to expect at all. And it started off, you know, very kind of rickety. We, we weren't really sure what we wanted it to be. A couple of, you know, casting changes and stuff like that. But eventually, we found our core group and we found our groove and we started to figure things out little by little. Um, it seemed like once we had kind of gotten things under control and kind of figured out the format, um, I had had, I'm not going to get into details, but I had had something uh, very tragic happen in my life personally um i was at a time uh married and ended up having to divorce unfortunately and it was quite possibly the hardest thing that i've ever had to go through um if you go back in the talking comics podcast actually the first one that i'm absent from is what had happened and i remember listening to that podcast uh the day after they'd recorded it and i i cried i cried so much from the just the sound in everyone's voice the the way you know we miss you we'll be back you know you'll be back next week and it was in that moment that i knew that i had fallen into something 
really great and that it was going to it was going to be something that was going to help me keep my sanity and that was going to save me from going over the edge and it has done that and it's done that every single week um i've grown as a person because of this podcast i've grown in in, in friendships over the past you know 2 years I've met such incredible people, all the contributors that we have, the hard work that you guys put into this website every week. Sometimes things get reposted, sometimes they don't, and you keep doing it anyway. And it's just, it's inspirational and it's amazing. And I love you for it. And thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, but having this show and having this website and having this platform for for taking all of the nerdiness and all the things that I didn't know were a part of me that are now and that I I don't know that I could ever live without I will I will do this so long as I'm I'm welcome and invited and I want to grow as a writer I want to grow as a reader and I want to I want us to grow as a website and as a force within the comics industry and I just want to keep seeing talking comics do amazing things and all the the moments that we've shared, the laughs, the inside jokes, uh, Stephanie making me laugh beyond just out of control antics and and all these things, and and Bob for his sincerity and Bobby for his leadership and just everyone that is a part of this thing, throwing themselves into it wholeheartedly, and sometimes getting stuff back, sometimes not, and. Like I said, the fact that we keep going, we keep doing this week after week, and it just gets better and is going to get better. And we're going to do, we're going to keep doing amazing things. We're going to keep bringing you awesome content. We're going to take this as far as we can. And from the bottom of my heart, personally, thank you to all of our listeners and everyone for keeping me going through harsh times and through good times. And I, I'm going to be there for them all. And you guys are amazing. So thank you. All right. Nice. Um, I mean, Bob and Steve said it beautifully. So, I mean, obviously, uh, it, the same sentiments come from me about uh, thanking, thankful for the listeners because I've had really got a chance to have amazing conversations with people that we don't know um, and that we know now. We've made friends. Uh, it, it, it's been great. You know, it, it's not what I expected but when we, as we started this. I, I, I thought we'd be talking into nothing. So it's definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, and, uh, and I, I don't want to just restate things that you and Steve said so well. So I, I, I want to leave it with everybody with, with one sentiment. And this is kind of, um, just so I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh, everyone knows that everyone listening knows I got engaged uh, a week ago. And of course I'm incredibly thankful for all of the, I, I'm incredibly blessed person in my life um, for all the, uh, you know, I, I have money troubles, like everybody else has money troubles and stuff like that, but I've got so much love in my life, it's it's ridiculous, um, and I'm incredibly thankful uh, uh, for that. Uh, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and, and you know, I, I posted up this uh, this call for listeners, and we'll get to the listeners' reactions in, in a moment, you know, for what you're thankful for. Uh, and we had one listener, I'm not going to name him because he doesn't deserve to be named, just be a a dick for no longer than uh, uh, I'm asking, you know, for what you're thankful for. And he responded with something mean and, and spiteful. And this listener has been, or this ex listener, cause I don't think he listens anymore. Um, has the, his track record on, on the, on the boards and, and on the site has been hateful and sexist and, you know, just 
horrible. Uh, and I banned him today from from Kong Comics Ooh. stuff. Uh, it's inside baseball, but it, it's coming into the point I'm going to make here. Uh, and the part of the reason why I did this, um, constructive criticism is always welcome. And I'm thankful for the people who keep us on our toes and don't let us slip mm. into the, um, uh, the, I think the traps that a lot of people who do the things that we do fall into when they've been doing it for a while. You know, when you're fresh and you're new, it's one thing, you know, we're, we're not coming from a place of, of, of being entrenched in, in, in this world. At this point, we're pretty entrenched. So we need people to keep us honest and, and keep our perspectives fresh. However, um, I will say this, and this is going to go from now on in in our in our in the world of talking comics, and this is not for us because I could give a crap less about about people who are hateful and mean to me because I don't care. I've got a, I've got a nice life. I've got a good life. I, mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. But to any the the talking comics boards, the talking comics Facebook, Twitter, all this stuff is a place for um, intelligent, responsible. Um, creative people to talk with each other, um, maybe go back and forth and fight a little bit, you know, uh, get to know each other, maybe, you know, spawn creative relationships, just talk, feel safe talking about the things that they love. If you are not one of those people, I don't want you there. You know, the, 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 the internet is full of hate Hallelujah. and bile and, and, and horrible people. And we've found a wonderful group of people who don't always like what we say, but will, are always smart about the way they tell you that you don't like the way you're going to say. And they're always respectful. And those people deserve a place where they can feel all right talking about the things that they feel. And I'm so thankful for the things that they do for us that from now on, that, that is the only behavior that will be tolerated. And if less people listen because of that, I'm okay with that because that's I'm thankful for the people who stick around who are part of that group of people. Um, uh, it's been a, it's such a wonderful experience doing this and I, I refuse to let it be dragged down by people who um, don't deserve the company of the people who are around, you know? And uh, th- that's the way of anything that I am incredibly thankful to those people who make it so wonderful and, and, and so amazing and who visit the site all the time and the people who are visiting for the first time, the people who are listening here, um, it, it's overwhelming to me. The, 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 when I look at the download numbers every week, it's overwhelming to, to see how many people listen, just talk about comic books. Um, and it's, it, and I want those people to have the best experience they possibly can. So that's kind of uh, the policy going forward. And I do want to say as well, echoing what Steve said, um, I'm incredibly thankful for the contributor to the site. Cause the site wouldn't run without you guys. We, we can only do so much and you guys have carried the torch for uh, uh, for for us as far as reviews go and getting people in, uh, into the site and, and checking out this podcast. So thank you guys uh, so much. And Mara, thank you very much too for uh, being my partner on on the morning show yeah. these past couple of months. I mean, we've been a little sporadic uh, lately, but I, I <laughs> yeah. do really appreciate um, that. It's been, it's been great having you a, a, as a voice on the site. Thank you. Um, all right, so I think that's going to wrap up our our, our love fest. Uh, let me uh, oh yeah, let me read some of the, what the listeners are are thankful for. Uh, Christian Stoa says Marvel kicking butt. Uh, Hugh Perry says I may not be American, but can I be thankful, please? <laughs> I'm hugely thankful for the amazing and awesome people that I have regular contact with, and I'm soon to meet because of comics. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Uh, oh. Diana Green says Rachel Rising Saga, The Lone Ranger, JMS. 
Uh, Damian Patrick Wim says, Captain Marvel. And I probably wouldn't have looked at it without you guys, so thank you too. Uh, Joseph Tremonti says, Brian Michael Bendis, team to make the best comic books in the business. Ryan Lemieux says, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Uh, Ryan Stone, Remender's Uncanny X-Force run and Saga. Uh, Brett Von Ewigan, I'm sorry if I said your name wrong, Brett. Uh, Awesome moments, reading comics and drawing panels in my childhood. Uh, Jonathan Boyd, The Return of Moon Knight. Um, Joshua Callahan says, I'm thankful for the abundance of great writers and quality of great artists. Um, Sean Dolan says, I'm thankful they, they cost too much. This keeps me from spending on them. Um, Leonardo Nieves says, uh, uh, Marvel coming out of books I want to buy. Uh, Douglas Alora says, digital comics to read at work. Shh. <laughs> um, that was on, uh, on Facebook. Um, where's, oh, where's the Twitter? Come on, Twitter. There it is. Twitter. Um, here we go. Uh, it's not working. There we go. Um, uh, Mike, who's at Liberal Bastion on Twitter, says, I'm super thankful for Valiant Comics. Um, Joe Vassalotti, who's at Pat, I don't know, Pat Tux Ent Joe, says, uh, getting to read the conclusion of my personal favorite Batman of all time, Grant Morrison's seven-year epic, A Great Ride. Uh, Jason Rothauser, uh, Urza JR on Twitter, says, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo on Batman. Uh, Craig Blanco, uh, Blanks10, says digital comics as I can buy a lot more comics and not have to justify it to my wife as she doesn't see them. <laughs> Hashtag ruined. Um, and uh, Carl Warner uh, at Y2Carl says a lot, but I'm thankful that Wade and Samney are still on Daredevil as well as new Captain Marvel soon. Um, so thanks guys very much uh, for uh, writing in and letting us know what you are thankful for. Um, and let's finish up as we finish up with the list of uh, the books that are out uh, right now on this uh, Thanksgiving week, uh, there is a ton of stuff out. It's a little ridiculous. Oh, don't tell me oh, that. Oh, no, it's so much, You're... Steve. Oh, no. It's so much. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's one of those weeks. Um... <laughs> when you're hiding from the broccoli, you can go in the other room and read some comics. I heard that next week is even worse than this week. I don't know how that could be possible. Um... Shit. <laughs> All right, so from Avatar Press, there's Crossed Badlands, number 42, uh, Extinction Parade, number three, and Ferals, number 18. Uh, so far, so good. I like the title, Extinction Parade. Yeah, it's good. That's really cool. Um, Dark Horse Comics, uh, there's a $1 edition of Abe Sapien, number one, uh, then the trade paperback of BPRD Vampire. Uh, we've got Captain Midnight, number five. We've got Crone Lacabe, The Eyes of Frankenstein, number three of four. Goon, number 44. Itty Bitty Hellboy, number four of five. Um, uh, Mass Effect Foundation, number five. Sorry, excuse me. Massive, number 17. Mind Management, number 17. Uh, Never Ending, number one. Uh, We've got uh, Sledgehammer, 44. Lightning War, number one. Star Wars Legacy, two, number nine. Uh, From DC Comics, we've got Adventures of Superman, number seven. All-Star Western, number 25. Aquaman, number 25. Uh, we've got Batman the Dark Knight, number 25, Beware the Batman, number 2, Catwoman, number 25, Damien, Son of Batman, number 2, we've got Flash, number 25, Forever Evil Argus, number 2, Injustice God Among Us, uh, number 11, we've got Justice League Dark, number 25, Lara Fleas, number 5, we've got Red Lanterns, number 25, um, Superman, number 25, Talon, number 13, Teen Titans, number 25, um, and Tom Strong and the Planet of Peril, number five. Uh, from Dynamite Entertainment, 
We've got Cryptozoic Man, number two of four. We've got Damsels, number 11. Uh, Dark Shadows, number 23. Uh, we've got Pathfinder Goblins, number five. Shadow, number 20. Warlord of Mars, number 30. And Warlord of Mars, Deja Thoris, number 32. From IDW, we have Danger Girl, The Chase, number three. Doctor Who, number 15. G.I. Joe, Special Missions, number nine. Ghostbusters, number 10. Godzilla, Rulers of Earth, number 6. Half Past Danger, number 6. <laughs> Judge Dredd, number 13. Max Maximized, number 1. Mr. Peabody and Sherman, Aww. number 1. Nice. Uh, Powerpuff Girls, number 3. Star Trek, number 27. Thunder Agents, number 4. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 28. Uh, Transformers Regeneration 1, number 96. And Transformers... Robots in Disguise? That is correct. Oh, two in a row. Three. It's two weeks in a row. X-Files, season 10, number six, and Zombie War, number two of two. From Image Comics, we have Aphrodite 9, number six, Artifacts, number 32, Bad Dog, number five, Bedlam, number 10, Black Science, number one, Five Ghosts, number seven, Hoax Hunters, number 12, Morning Glories, number 35, Pretty Deadly, number two, Rat Queens, number three, Revival, number 15, Saga, number 16, Sidekick, number four, Thief of Thieves, number 18, and Walking Dead, number 117. I thought you were getting Thief of Thieves. I was a long time ago. It was it, it it's going I thought it was limited. It's going on for too long. <laughs> I'm up to twelve. Uh Marvel Comics, all new X Men number nineteen, Avengers Arena number eighteen, Avengers Assemble number twenty one, Cataclysm Ultimate X Men number one, Deadpool Annual number one, FF number fourteen, Hawkeye number fourteen, Indestructible Hulk number sixteen, Infinity number six. Infinity Heist, number three. Infinity the Hunt, number four. Kick-Ass, three, number five. Um, we've got New Avengers, number 12. Nova, number 10, which is the 100th uh, issue of that. Uh, and oh. uh, Yale Stewart has a two-page story in the back of that. Uh, Superior Carnage, number five of five. Superior Spider-Man, number 22. Uncanny Avengers, number 14. Uncanny X-Force, number 14. Wolverine the X-Men, number 38. And Wolverine the X-Men Annual, number one. From Oni Press, we have a letter 44, number two. <laughs> Steve's um, run out of fingers and toes, by he, the way. He has. 23 um, books so far. Yeah. And I mean, that's basically it, except for from Xenoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales Presents Quest, number one, and Through the Looking Glass, number three. 23, presumably. That's a lot of books. Yeah. That's a lot of books. Yeah. <laughs> a big week. A very big week. <laughs> wait till next week I, I moan but I'm so excited <laughs> that's a big pile of comics to read it is um, alright so uh, that's going to do it for Talking Comics uh, for this week if you guys want to get in touch with us it's at Talking Comics on Twitter facebook.com slash Talking Comics and podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com which is the email address and of course guys go to TalkingComicBooks.com check out the articles reviews uh, videos that go up uh, every week from all of our awesome uh, contributors um, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle Steve I am at dead underscore anchorus Mara Mega Maramon <laughs> Mega Maramon <laughs> Oh, you all got that right yeah we got it Mega Maramon. it was so funny when when you got married I was like oh, at first I was like oh our Twitter name's not gonna work anymore and then I was like oh wait it perfectly works so you still have the last name of W and then you changed it anyway yeah 
Yeah. Um, She's I unpredictable. I it it, was, yeah. it yeah. was available. I, I can't imagine <laughs> that Mega Maramon was available. Crazy. Um, oh, Bob, your email address. Uh, Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. Now, before I get to the end of the show, is there anything you want to... Uh, there, usually, we get this point where I'm like, show's over. You're like, I just want to say one thing. Well, yes, there is, actually. Okay, we, There was a <laughs> death in comics this mm, week, so yes. we don't want to close on mm. a downer, but more a celebration of Al Plastino, who lived here on Long Island and passed at age 91. Mm. He drew Superman all through the 40s into the middle 60s. With Otto Binder's writing, was the first artist to draw Supergirl back in Action 252 Ooh, in wow. 1959. And he was in the news this week, sadly, just before his passing, because he had drawn a comic book back in 1963 where Superman had a mission for President Kennedy. And the book was pulled from the newsstands because it was due out basically a week after the assassination. Ah, Eventually, they put the book out about a year or so later, and somehow, in the interim, he had been telling people all these years that the art for that story was going into the John F. Kennedy Museum and Library. It turns out the art showed up in an auction this week. It had never made it to that, and someone was trying to sell the pages from the story for thousands and thousands of dollars. And the industry sort of went up in arms, and Neil Adams, as he usually does, went out after DC and said, well, how could you be so cavalier with this guy's art? And it was, well, we kind of did. And as Bobby pointed out to me before, no one who works at DC now was working there 50 years ago. But Julie Schwartz died just a couple of years back. He was actually still there. And so they've actually put the, to the, I think it was Heritage, to their credit, they've pulled the artwork until they can discover what exactly happened Mm. and where it went that maybe... The story he's been, he was telling all these years to his children and grandchildren will turn out to be true and will end up in that library. So our best wishes and thoughts to the Plastino family in this time of loss for them. Absolutely. Okay. Lovely sentiment to end the show on, Bob. Um, and that is going to do it for the Talking Comics podcast uh, for this week. So for Steve. Peace. Bob. Happy Thanksgiving. And Mara. Hi. <laughs> I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics. To be... Continued.